Buddy, welcome back on a Thursday afternoon. This is Sports Talk. Three hours with you today, right up till 7 o'clock. So much to talk about. Can't wait for the guests to start piling into the show as well. We're loaded today, Adrian. That's what it's all about. Kevin Baker's going to join us here in our 4 o'clock hour. Yeah, it's going to be great to talk to UTEP women's basketball head coach Kevin Baker after some time. It's been a while since yeah. we last brought him on, especially in studio, Steve. And they're off to a great start, just like you wrote about, up on our website right now and coming off a big win last night. I'll tell you right now, I'm excited about the women. Is Baker going to be with us in studio or on the phone? He'll be with us in studio. Wow. Yes, that's Look at right. this. I He's know. dropping in. And it was perfect timing, right? Because they just got out of practice about 30 minutes ago. Good. Get a good chance to you know rest a little bit and then head over to us. Awesome. I love that. I love that. That is, uh, that is fantastic. Uh, so we'll have uh, Kevin Baker joining us on the program and uh, excited about having him with us uh, to, to start the show. And then uh, 5 o'clock hour, Lee Sterling, Jeff Erickson, they'll be with us. And then Lane Frank at 6 with special guest Jim Paul. Nice, nice. Wow. Great. By the way, congratulations to Chad Middleton. Chad, out, he outpicked Lane last week. How about that? Good stuff, Chad. He's always uh, he's always the man whenever he calls in, and now he's the man with the picks. So yep, good and he, stuff. And he wins a gift card to Twin Peaks. Good stuff. Way to good go, stuff. Chad. Way to knock that out, my man. Eight and five for Chad. Lane and uh, Lane went at seven and six. Not nearly as good as he was the week before, but a very unpredictable week in the NFL. I mean, this has been a hard year to predict both college and pro games. Seriously, I mean, what we saw last week be- between all the college football upsets, and then we see all these NFL upsets start to trickle in. The Buffalo Bills going down in the final seconds to the Minnesota Vikings last week. No one saw that happening. The same way no one saw uh, the Washington Commanders dethroning the undefeated, or previously undefeated, Philadelphia Eagles. No one saw that coming. So just a ton of upsets that we're seeing, a lot of parity across the NFL early. Uh, well, now mi- at the midway point of the season. Oh, you're right. 100% right. Man, so many good things to talk about on the show today. Uh, love to hear from you. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, as we get going on the program and uh, have a lot in store for uh, all of us. Uh, looking forward to that. I need to send some Zoom invites out, Adrian, uh, to, to Lee and, and Jeff Erickson. Uh, joining us in our 5 o'clock hour before Lane shows up at 6. That's going to be fun, too. Um, and this is going to be one of those shows that's just going to fly by. I'll be honest with you. We're going to start, finish, and say to ourselves, where'd the time go? Because uh, it's just going to be the fastest three hours you can get. Um, who watched some action yesterday between Central uh, Michigan and, I think it was, was it um, Western Michigan? Yeah, it was something like that. The snowstorm, the snowball. Oh, my, did you see the beginning of that game? It was ridiculous. I mean, like, it, out. it was like you could get grab a trash can and and probably fill it up with snow like on the sideline and yep. then probably do that 60 times before you even made a dent in the snow that was piling up out there. I thought, you know, they, they uh, switched over the Bills game Sunday due to inclement weather. What about last night's Central Michigan's contest? They just got inclement weather, but they're playing through that snow. Did you see the later in the game? They kind of got rid of it. After halftime, it, it, it became, I don't want to say it became good, but it, it became a little more normal. 
Yeah, I mean, come on. The the first half, it looked like you couldn't even see the field. Like, you couldn't even see the hash marks or anything. They had no. to make some kind of improvements by uh, the second half because it was becoming very difficult to even play in those kind of conditions. Like, I saw, a, what, a 40-yard touchdown run early on in the first quarter, and the guy, when he's celebrating in the end zone, there's like a pile of snow near the Good near Lord. like the, the stands and stuff like that. Hey, meanwhile... How uh, how good is uh, the game going to be today in Lambeau when the Packers try to make it two in a row against the six and three Titans? That should be a pretty good Thursday night game, actually, when it's all said and done. Finally, right? We yes. finally get a good Thursday night contest. Al Michaels, thank goodness, man. He was about. I thought he was going to turn in that contract and say, "Forget it. I'm not. I'm not doing this right now. Forget doing these Thursday night games. You're giving me the worst games out there." But finally, we get a good contest. Derrick Henry against Aaron Jones. I like that running back matchup a lot. Yeah, maybe the top. Uh, you know. Two, two of the top five running backs in the entire NFL right there. And uh, Aaron Jones coming off a monster performance. You know, the, the Tennessee Titans are strange because you have Tannehill coming back from an injury. He didn't look that great uh, this no. past weekend against the Broncos. But what I did see from that Titans team is they just do whatever it takes to win. I, I would look at that. Uh, this might be that low kind of scoring game where both teams just go back and forth, and it's a battle for field position. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, but the other question is this. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he played well against the Cowboys. I mean, he really did. And he found a new receiving target in Christian Watson. You kind of wonder, though, if Aaron Rodgers actually gets back to getting in a groove again and starts trusting his receivers and they start making big plays for him, then think about what's going to be happening. That's a really good point. I, I I just look at like all the skill players too across this game, like Christian Watson, uh, who really emerged for the Packers last week. Maybe he's uh, really involved in this game. Uh, Robert Woods, we've been waiting for him to do something with the Titans all year long. So uh, I think it's going to take everybody else, like all the skill position players, to really try to uh, you know uh, make this game a, a victory for the respective teams. I think this is going to be a really competitive matchup. I'm looking forward to it. I'm with you on that one. I am with you. Uh, also. We are going to be giving away tickets today to the Los Artistas Art and Fine Craft Show this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. This Saturday and Sunday out at Epic Rail Yard, tickets are $10. There's going to be over 100 artists of all calibers and uh, price ranges, including UTEP students. Hell Marcus is going to be there painting live. That is very cool. Uh, other uh, local legends, Candy Mayer is going to be there, Christina Robbins, and uh, also, uh, I, I believe it's, uh, oh, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce uh, the last name for uh, Layuba, or Layuba? Yeah, I'm going to guess that's right. Yes, that sounds right. Is it uh, Titovets? Yeah, Titovets, yeah. You sure? I, I would guess. That's yeah. that's how it looks. I'm I just I'm spelling it phonetically. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's Las Artistas Art and Fine Craft Show this weekend out there at Epic Rail Yard. Saturday and Sunday, $10 tickets. We'll be giving away a pair on the show today just for being a part of the program. And, uh, hey, we'll, figure, we'll have a fun way to give those out. Maybe uh, do something cool. I don't know if it's going to be with Lee Sterling or something like that. We'll have some fun, right? Definitely. We'll, we'll think of something good for this one. I Kevin like Baker that. Trivia. Yeah, there you go. I like that. That could be a great way to give these away. I agree with you. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, um, if you would like to get into the show right now, 505-6009. That is uh, our telephone number to get in to the program. The UTEP women are back in action, by the way. Uh, coming up on uh, Saturday night, uh, they get Texas State. 
Saturday night. Then they go over to San Luis Obispo. That's going to be a fun little tournament out there in wine country in California before they come back home from New Mexico State at the end of the month. The UTEP men have three games in uh, four days next week during the Thanksgiving holidays. And I just saw this list for uh, Senior Day for the Miners. This is also uh, a very interesting list of players. Here is the, the full 23 who will be honored prior to kickoff. Ron Awat, Gavin Beckley, Darius Baptist, Dennis Barnes, Calvin Brownholtz, Walter Don Jr., Josh Farr, Reynaldo Flores, Joe Hagopian, Tyreek James, Jalen Joseph, Mike Malowitz, Robert Mervin, Kelton Moss, Jadrian Taylor, um, Gary Theard, Blake Thompson, Trent Thompson, Deshaun Trotter, James Tupo, Cal Wallerstead, Dalen Williams, Tyson Wilson. There are a ton of major contributors on that list, Adrian. Yeah, if you had to narrow it down, Steve, who would be the two that you don't want to lose out of this group right here? Like, if you had to just choose two, uh, offense, defense, or, or just, you know, All either right. side of the ball, who would you not Gosh, want to lose? that's tough. I know, right? It's that's tough. tough. You want to know something? You know who the most valuable player is on this whole list? Who? Gavin Beckley. So you're he going Beckley. Been, he's been Mr. Clutch yeah, um, all year and last year. And you know he's going to give you three when he lines up. But the truth is, if you had to pick two guys off of that group, defense has to be Jadrian Taylor. Yep. He has been phenomenal. And on the offensive side of the ball, you're looking either at Ronald Awad or Ray Flores. I still might go Trent Thompson. I, I'm uh, that might be a hot take right there, but I just what he what he brings to the team in terms of his pass blocking, run blocking, and catches. Uh, I really like what Trent Thompson brings to the team, and he's just one of those tight ends that that comes up, uh, you know, once in well, a, once in a while. You can replace the running back. You sure. can replace the wide receiver spot. That tight end spot's hard to replace. Hey man, I put Trent Thompson in the same category as James Tupo. Every time yep. that dude's on the on the field, something big happens. Either he makes a huge block that leads to a big player, he'll catch a ball out in the open field, and when the Miners need a big time, uh, a big time get, he's the one to deliver for them. Yeah, as as hard as it is to replace Trent Thompson, imagine trying to replace James Tupo. Oh. I mean, the upgrade, and and nothing against Forrest McKee because I thought Forrest McKee was a solid fullback, but the upgrade from James Tupo uh, or from McKee to James Tupo is is real big right there, and he's a winner. I mean, James Tupo delivered a lot to this team, but a, a lot of these guys, you know, some of them had an extra year to play they're, yep. they're just electing not to play and to get on with their life they, a lot of these guys have been at UTEP for a while Steve like that's a right pre-pandemic I agree with you I agree hey by the way uh speaking of football huge shout out right now to the EP Sharks they are going to be heading out to the Elite Eight next month hoping to win a national title that would be phenomenal. They finished third in the nation last year, losing to Miami in the Final Four. This is youth football, the EP Sharks. Do we know how old they are? Are they? Um, are we talking about probably, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, a little older? But, hey, that's great stuff. Good luck to the Sharks. Fantastic. Going to the Elite Eight. I want to see something big happen there. So, that's a cool story. Thank you very much uh, from throwed El Paso to give us that lowdown. So, yeah, excited about that. Oh, man, I'm excited about uh, Kevin Baker back in the studios. 
My God. Haven't seen this man in, in the studio. In It has to be, could be over a year. It's been a while since we've seen Kevin Baker drop into the studio. Yeah, that's exactly right, Steve. I, I don't think we've seen him since last season. And uh, very fitting that we have him to kick off the uh, tip off the season here. Uh, team's off to a great start. So, yeah, and they've got a big one here coming up on Saturday. He doesn't age. Have you noticed that? He looks, right. looks the, the same. same. He never grew out a beard like everybody else did during the pandemic. Everybody decided to grow a beard out and be all trendy. He kept himself clean-shaven like uh, yours truly, like you, and he, he he doesn't age. I'm amazed how this goes. For, so Yeah, first off, I, I uh, can't shave because I don't grow facial hair. But second well, off, uh, I will say this. Uh, there's usually like UTEP ages you. It doesn't matter what job you have at exactly. UTEP. Exactly. UTEP ages you. And for head coach Kevin Baker, he hasn't aged. No, he hasn't. I'm like, I think we're like the same age, Kevin Baker and, and, and me. Now, I'm I'm starting to go gray on the sides a little bit. Sideburns are getting gray. That's because I'm running after a 10-year-old. He's running after 15, 18 to 23-year-olds, and you can imagine what that's got to be doing to his sideburns. That's right. But, hey, he's he's totally good. He's he's looking fresh. He's ready to go. I love it. All right, so Kevin Baker coming up next. We'll join him. We'll get our thoughts and, and find out what's going on with the UTEP women after a big win uh, last night. And uh, they've got uh, another one coming up on Saturday before they head out to Cali. So we'll do that right after Charlie won. He'll start us off with our first traffic update of the afternoon. Kevin Baker with us right now in our Lubingo Oil Changer Studios. He is the head women's basketball coach at UTEP. What is this now for you? Like year, year six or year five? What are you in now? Yeah, can you believe this is the start of year six? Oh my God. No, I can't believe that. That's, that's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Has it flown by for you? It really has. It feels like I just got here. Time flies when you're having fun, and that is true when it comes to being with the UTEP Miners. Absolutely right. And you're off to a great start, 3-0. You won last night. You won on the road, which was big. Anytime you can take a team on the road in the non-conference schedule and win, especially, uh, were you, Kansas City? Yeah, we were, and that, that was a really tough ball game. You know, they don't have any fans that go to their games, none. But they put their band right by our bench. Oh. You can't hear anything for that's 40 an, minutes. That's an interesting tactic when you don't get fans. Just have the band go right behind and start playing music. I yeah. mean, how do you communicate like that? We moved our bench as far as the referees would let us, and they finally said, that's far enough. And, and, and we said, okay, well, this is what we'll have to do. And I... I, I'm barely getting my voice back now because I spent it screaming the whole time. But, you know, it's college basketball, and if if COVID did one thing, yeah. it, it helped me appreciate the fact that, man, we didn't have bands, we didn't have crowds for a year, and I, I love it when I see the band back in the building. I don't blame you. I would love that too, and it just, you know, it, it makes, I don't know, it, you have to have a band for college basketball, don't you? you? You really want fans. That's your first wish, but the band makes it uh, makes it better. Otherwise, if it's it's even even if the crowd is there, it's missing something. You're missing that ambiance. Yeah, the the band makes college basketball what it is. I know it's important in every sport. I know the cheerleaders are important, the dance teams are important, but there's something about a band, and yeah. it, they're awesome. I agree with you. Um, last night, the big story uh, was uh, Solel Montrose. My goodness. Freshman goes off for uh, 23 points and uh, leads the way for you. Second leading scorer. I think uh, Texas Southern had a, a player that, that, that dropped uh, 26 in the game. But for the most part, how tough is it when you're up 22 after three? How tough is it to try to keep the pedal on the gas in that final quarter when you know that barring a total collapse, you, you've got this one in the bag? 
Well, this is my 29th year, and I have been spending 29 years trying to figure that out because one of the things we kept talking about being up 22 was don't take your foot off of the gas. Yeah. Don't do it. I mean, we are we're playing well. We're doing what we want to do. We got to continue that. But for some reason, kids lose their concentration in the fourth. We did not play well in the fourth, and it showed. Coach, uh, when it comes to your freshman that you played in Montrose yesterday, is this a one-off that we're going to see, or can we see this come on the the entire season? You know, I've been getting that question a lot in the last couple of days, and and Soleil Montrose is so talented. She has no idea how good that she can be. Um, what you saw last night in that game, I, I think she can do that. I don't know that she can put up 23 every night. I don't yeah. know that we're going to need her to, but she is that kind of player. She's a natural scorer, and uh, when she got used to the pace of the game at the collegiate level, it, her game sort of took off, and uh, you're seeing what she can really do. You're eight deep in scoring right now. You really are. Like If you go from top to bottom, you've got eight players that are averaging between 7.3 per game and 14.5 through your first three contests. And I'm sure for you, you love that because if you don't have to rely on one or two every game and you have another six that can score for you, that's a huge, huge uh, opportunity. Yeah, you know, and no stars. I mean, usually every basketball team has a one player that they absolutely have to stop to win the game. We've got a lot of players that can score, and I think that's something that I talk about more in our practices and our locker room, that we have a team that is full of prolific scores, and I'm proud of that. Now we just need to defend on a high level. If we can do that, I think we can really get this thing going in the right direction. Um, you have some injuries. I've already been asked on Twitter, even before people knew you were coming on, we had a question from uh, Jose. Uh, any updates on the, the three to four injured players that you currently have right now? You know, I wish I did have updates. I wish I knew their uh, timetable for return. But the only thing I keep telling myself over and over is it's got to be good for us in the long run. We're playing a lot of players right now that um, maybe wouldn't start two weeks from now, three weeks from now once we get everybody back. I'm not sure. But they're playing very well, and we need them to. And I think Texas State's going to be a tough ball game for us Saturday. And I'm looking forward to seeing how our players play in that without – some of our key players in that game, because if we can hold our own and squeak out a win somehow um, without our top players, then I think that really is going to help us in the long run. Do you feel, though, that they're not going to be out for a very long period of time? Do you feel that as you get into this big stretch before really next month in the start of conference play, you'll have them back? Yeah, my fingers are crossed that by the time we get to Conference USA basketball games in early to mid-December, yeah. going into January, I think, knock on wood, that we'll have everybody back. And it really, that's our hope. If we can get them back sooner than that, we would love that. Um, but being optimistic, I, I think mid-December might be our best bet. Kevin Baker with us here on Sports Talk as we talk Utah women's basketball. Now, this year, uh, very promising. Um, I did not get a chance to talk about last season with you at all but because we just didn't have a chance to talk. But you have not encountered adversity like last season in all of your years since you've been here in El Paso. It's always been pretty much smooth sailing, competitive, right down to the end. But in the strangest of ways, something weird happened around December last year, and once conference play, it was like a tailspin you could not get out of no matter how hard you tried. Well, it was very simple for us. We had it going, and Destiny Thurman gets kicked in the head. That's our leading scorer. That's our best player. We never recovered from that. She never played again. She missed six or seven games. We lost all six or seven. We were competitive in each game, 
But you, you know, basketball is a fragile sport. If you take any any one player out of the top five off your team, and it happens to be your leading scorer, it really affects you. It affected us. We were good enough to win games. We could not get over that hump. That was very, very difficult for our team because we were playing very well until two things happened. One, we all got COVID. And second thing was Destiny Thurman got kicked in the head at Marshall and we just never got over it. I forgot about the COVID outbreak. That was true because that hurt because, like you said, a lot of you got it. And it's it was almost difficult to, to field the team at times. And even you had to deal with uh, with the coaching aspect of it uh, during COVID. Yeah, we were we were all in the uh, we were in Las Vegas playing in a uh, classic there, Enjoy, playing well, doing. But we we only had about what seven players on that trip because we were all sick. And then during that trip, we were all about as sick as we could be. We gave Kansas everything we had that night, but but we just went through a rash of uh, of, of sickness. But you know, um, we got well from that. But we never came back the same because right before that happened, we were playing probably some of the best basketball I've seen a UTEP uh, team play since I've been here. Yep. We really had it rolling. I was excited about January and February, but we had some bad luck, and that's just how it goes sometimes. Knowing what college basketball is in today's era of the transfer portal, did you kind of feel comfortable about that reset that you had over the offseason, gaining new players and kind of getting a fresh-look roster? Well, that's a great question. I get that question a lot, and it's a, it's a valid one. Here's why. We had the portal long before there was a portal. We replaced seven to eight players each year, portal or no portal. Yeah. So <clears throat> when we lost p- players last year, we were like, hey, this is we're used to this. This is what we do. We got to go out and get seven more players. And, and I got to hand it to our staff. Somehow, some way, we figure out a way to get some good players here in a short period of time. I'll tell you this much, too, okay? <clears throat> Katia Gallegos is a reminder that anybody can be in the portal from year to year. And here's somebody that we looked at as a potential four-year starter, break all the records, just someone that represents El Paso as a UTEP minor. Nobody, I mean nobody, thought that she would be heading into the portal after last season, which tells you that no matter how good your team looks now, you never know in March who's going to be with you the next year and who's going to be out. Yeah, you know, and I'm closer to Katia Gallegos than anybody I've ever coached. I mean, it's it's not about people say, well, if they don't have a good relationship with the coach, they'll leave. If they're not a hometown kid, they may leave. Um, but that's not none of that's true. I, we're very close with Katia, great relationship. Um, just something that she decided that she wanted to do. But nowadays, it's not her. It's the whole team. It's college sports. Everybody's leaving. Yep. Nobody ever has a good reason. They just leave. Or they come back, in the case of Sabina Lipe, which is wild, too, because she's somebody that made a name for herself a few years back, leaves, and now finds herself back on the roster. Yeah, I'm so proud of her for, for having the courage to pick up the phone and say, hey, would you take me back? And I said, absolutely. We'd love to have you back. Of course, we wish you'd never left, but sometimes you got to go away. I'm probably the only Division One coach that would take a kid back. But, you know, she's a special young lady, and we're glad to have her back on board. I know. She is one of the toughest, most hard-nosed players you'll ever see. And now she's filling in that bench role. 
comes in, plays about 10 minutes a game, gives you that spark, that toughness, and tries to bring some of that veteran leadership back for you. Yeah, and she's somebody that, the, that our team trusts, and they know that you know every, the way you just described her is exactly who she is. She's built that uh, reputation with our team, and our players trust her. They look up to her. Um, you know, and she's going to play more minutes than 10. She's just one that it takes a little bit to get her going. Yeah. But she is going to be a, uh, an important part of our team. How many years do you have her for two, or is this her only one season for Sabina? Well, this will be it for her because she left. You know, that was sort of her th- – this will sort of count as her COVID year. Gotcha. Uh, she'll graduate in May with, with uh, civil engineering, and she'll go back – back home and uh, try to help support her family. Good for you. Good for her. I love it. All right, bottom of the hour, more with Coach Baker. If you want to get in, uh, 505-6009, that's our telephone number. We'll keep things moving. But first, here he is, Adrian Broadus, in this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Again, 505-6009 as we talk a little UTEP women's basketball with Kevin Baker here on the program. The Miners hosting, um, it's going to be Texas State, the Bobcats, on Saturday night. Then they go out to wine country and uh, get a chance to uh, take on uh, a pair of California teams, starting with San Jose State, which will be a lot of fun. It's nice to spend Thanksgiving in uh, Northern California, isn't it? Well, we hope so. You know, we're we're having a heck of a time. We're we're flying into San Jose. We're going to bust the rest of the way over. But we've been looking for a place to have Thanksgiving dinner for about two or three days now. Everything in San Jose is closed, as it should be. I I, I mean, I almost feel guilty asking anybody if they're going to work on that day. Somehow, someway, we'll get our team fed and we'll get them in the right direction. But we're looking forward to that trip. That's that's a place I've never been. That'll be a lot of fun and and, and good experience. Uh, I mean, you try to play a tournament every Every year, that's just what it's all about, right? We do, and we try to go to a place that mo- you know they would probably never go again. You know, we try to pick a place that is is very different. We were supposed to go to Puerto Rico this year. We didn't know that Conference USA was going to have us play twenty games. Um, if they had no, we would in for Christmas we would be in Puerto Rico, which would have been our bigger trip for the year. Um, we're already working on next year's schedule and where we're going to go there. But you know, we're we're excited to go to uh, what is it, uh, San Luis Obispo. Yep. Uh, and, and soak in some of that good weather and play some good basketball. What's the biggest difference so far that you've seen from your team compared to the last couple seasons? Well, we were we were worried that we wouldn't have the leadership because we had so many kids leave. So we were really worried that we would have some weird sort of transition, but we've had great leadership. I, I've been shocked at the different players on our team that have stepped up and assumed that leadership role. And as a coach, that's what you worry about. You worry about chemistry, and you worry about leadership, and both of those have been great. That's good. I mean, uh, you know, I look at players like Avery Krause. She's been with the program a while now. I could see the leadership there. Um, I can also see somebody like Sabina back. And you mentioned how some of the players have gravitated towards her. Um, Arike is back. You've had you've had quite a few. Um, Cabral, who's also been uh, pretty valuable players. So maybe some of those vets that are that are with you right now have have taken that role on. Has that been the case? They, they really have. I mean, it's it's two things. It's Avery Krause is a silent leader. She leads by example. Everybody loves and respects Avery Krause. She's been there, done that. But Mari Petrie, she's been the voice. She's been the biggest uh, step up and lead kind of player. And I, I'm really proud of her because you, you often wonder, can someone handle that with, in the right way and, and do it the right way, say all the right things, and, and she's done all that so far. Did you ask Mari to step up and be that vocal leader, or is that something she did on her own? 
We had some discussions about it in the summer. You know, and, you know so we, we said, hey, we don't know who our leader is going to be. Maybe it's you. And if it is you, which would be great, here's how you're going to have to do it. So we gave her some advice along the way. But, but really, it's just been her and her personality. She took it, and she ran with it, and she's very good at it. UTEP uh, women's basketball head coach uh, Kevin Baker with us here on the program as we continue. Let's go to our third member of the broadcast team, UTEP Zay. Zay, I know you've got a question for the coach. Go ahead. Hey, Coach, it's Zay. So uh, I wanted to know how you feel about Jay-Z on Jackson. She's someone who uh, does a lot of the dirty work for this team. She's already totaled 13 steals. Maybe she won't drop 20 a game, but she does a lot of the dirty work. How, how do you feel about her so far? I love Jazzy on. She is a, you know, she does things on the floor that you don't see. The steals are great. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, she does work hard for those. But she's always in the right place doing the right thing defensively. She is an absolute coach's dream. When we signed her, it was probably one of the happiest days I've had since I've been here. Such an amazing player, but an even better person. I, I just love being around her. She's a great teammate. Her teammates love her. Um, she never complains. She comes in, works hard every day, and uh, does a great job. Tell me also about uh, just, I know she's only played one game and dealing with injuries, but when you look at somebody like Alina Rike, what has she done from last year to this year to just improve her game? She is somebody I'm also proud of, and you're going to see her game take off. As she, as she, she really started out well, uh, got injured, and she'll be back soon, but her maturity level and her her understanding the expectations that are in front of her. We talked a lot this summer about, hey, how good do you want to be? Where do you want to go with your game? You know, all the things that you say. And one of the things she told me, which really impressed me, was she said, I am more motivated now than I ever have been. I understand UTEP basketball. I understand what's expected of me. And I understand that this team needs me to perform. And when a kid starts saying all of those things, usually that's exactly what happens so we're looking forward to her you are still representing the rest of the world coach i'm looking at this right now you've got lipe from latvia uh you have uh arike from finland you got cabral from portugal you also have adela valkova a junior from the czech republic yeah you know Della is also some i'm glad you brought her up i know we were, we were doing the international tour there with our names of where we're all from but yeah you know, it just made me think of uh Adela and she's she's injured right now but when she comes back she's going to be a great force in the middle for us we she was a um a very highly recruited player out of junior college down at Weatherford Junior College. We snuck her out of there, got her out here at El Paso. She loves it, and uh, she is going to be a force for us. We can get her back on both feet um how many players are we losing after this year? I'm curious how many altogether? Okay, you know, with the advent of the portal, I have to answer All that right, question let's, let's, in a very uh, strange way. But let's do this. Let's just one say senior. Exc- excluding the portal. Yeah, excluding yeah. the portal. You got one senior. Yeah. Okay, but you got to prepare for the portal. You mm-hmm. can't put yourself in a spot to where suddenly you're behind the eight ball. You signed three players. Announced that uh, earlier in the week, and uh, these look like juco seasoned ballers that are going to get it done for you some guards some forwards a lot of toughness a lot of grit coming in you know i always get excited about signees i tell you what i am very very excited about these signees because they're all winners they all come from winning programs that's one of the things that we really work hard to do we don't just try to go after talent we go after people that have been part of winning programs and each one of the of our signees whether it's diera mckenzie uh, or Ashana, all three of them have come from winning programs. They know how to win. They have great attitudes, 
and they're good players. You scout a lot in junior college basketball, and uh, that's important. And I know your assistants do as well. And as soon as the season ends, you go right into the JUCO National Tournament, and that's basically where a lot of these players uh, are, are usually uh, competing at that time of year. Uh, they are, and, and JUCO is such a great proving ground to be to show us that, hey, you are a mid-major Division One player. And a lot of players contact us. They want to come to UTEP. They want to play here, and the advice that we give them is go JUCO. Play JUCO for a couple of years. It's the best proving ground that, that, there, could, that there could ever be. Uh, we love JUCO players. They have, been, they have served us well here and they will continue to. Meanwhile, um, New Mexico State, you get them at the end of uh, November, and it's funny because they'll soon be joining Conference USA next season, which means you will have two more games you have to suddenly replace in terms of non-conference contests on your schedule every season. You know, as if as if scheduling wasn't hard enough as it is here in El Paso, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where, they're going to be conference opponents. That is more good than it is bad. Yep. It is it just ups the ante a little bit, makes the games a little bit more meaningful. You, they're they're got to win games now rather than just a rivalry game. So um, we're excited about that. We will figure out how to get two more games one way or the other, but having them as conference foes is going to be a lot of fun. Coach, as the season continues, there's always players who kind of emerge and become that X-factor player. Who could maybe be that player on your team, maybe that you see come around uh, December? January. Well, it's it, there's a name that you, no one's heard of yet, no one knows yet because she's uh, she's rehabbing from an injury. That seems to be the theme of the day. But uh, Beyonce Powell out of Tyler Junior College was a uh, an unbelievable shooter. Her team won the national championship this year in junior college. She is going to be a UTEP great. And of course, as we already mentioned, Soleil is already off to a good start as a freshman. She's going to be a terrific uh, player for us. And, you know, I, I, I think our bench may, may end up being our greatest strength. And you look at a player like Aaron Wilson and mm-hmm. Eliana Cabral, those players are terrific players off the bench that probably could start most anywhere else. I love it. Um, it's, it's fun, but, but at the same time, have you ever experienced a season since you've arrived at UTEP with so many players coming back on the mend as you begin things? You know, this is a nightmare to bring up, and I hope I'm not jinxing myself, but our second year here, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was there was a period during my second season here oh, where we only had we yeah, only had like, five and a half players available to play. And I say right. half because we really didn't have six players. We had five for about a month and a half. Um, that was a nightmare. This this is not quite like that, but it's it's getting to where it's pretty close. So. I do remember that. In <laughs> fact, there was a point where you couldn't even practice because you didn't have anybody healthy at the time. You had to have all the uh, the, the, the the men come in yeah. just to help you out. Yeah, we had a male practice squad yeah. back then, thank goodness. But if we didn't have the male practice squad, we'd have been in a real bind. But uh, that's a season that I'm glad is, is well behind us. But it's one of those things where uh, it made me a better coach. It really did because I really had to had to coach very differently with just five players. We were always in games, but we could never get over the hump because you just can't do that in college basketball. Final question. Conference USA, what can you tell us about the league itself as we get started? It's the strongest league I've seen since I've been here, and I think the reason for that is the portal. Some teams in our conference really went out and got upgrade in talent. They were able to go out and get higher-level Division One players to come to mid-majors, the best example, the whole league is this way. The best example I can think of, just watch what UTSA is doing. Last place last year, 
They will contend for a conference championship. They almost beat TCU last night and SFA, both NCAA powerhouses. Are we starting to see NIL come into play yet in women's college basketball? Maybe not at this level, but are we starting to see that factor in in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, we're we're seeing it in uh, mid major. We're seeing yeah. it. You know, you know, you look at Texas Tech; they're giving every women's basketball player twenty five thousand dollars. We're not there wow. yet. We don't have that kind of collective set up yet for the women yet. But believe you me, it is coming. Uh, we're we're seeing it here. We have some people that have some some nil deals already. Some some deals like that. Um, and it's only going to get greater and greater. Well, the fact of the matter is we're going to have to to be able to compete. So yep. it, it, it's coming. There's nothing we can do about it. We just got to figure out a way to navigate around it. Yep, or figure out a way to get creative. Let's put it that way. So yeah. that's exactly Creative right. is a better way to put it. For there sure. you go. Hey, it's great to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Look forward to Saturday night and uh, have a great trip out to California next week. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Kevin Baker, folks, with us, head coach of the UTEP women's basketball team. Fours across the board. Come back with more. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. It's Baker joining us here on the show. Eight in front of five as we continue here on Sports Talk. We are 10 minutes away from Lee Sterling. 30 minutes away from Jeff Erickson. An hour and 10 minutes away from Lane Frank, who, by the way... Today is dropping episode number 100 for Schoolyard Sport. That's great news. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for Lane today because I haven't gotten a chance to actually you know speak with Lane o- over our show and our segment. We've done a lot of high school stuff over the past couple weeks, and it'll be great to see Lane in studio, uh, at least from my perspective, for uh, for the first time in a while. I'm with you on that one, and uh, congratulations to Lane for. Um, podcast number 100. I feel bad, by the way. You know, he told me last week, week before he's going to be, I'm going to be on the 100th episode. I wasn't. And it's, it's no fault of Lane's. I just, I couldn't swing it earlier yeah. this week. We had too much going on. I couldn't make it happen. So I feel bad. I really wanted to be on with Lane for, uh, for 100. Well, you called it 101. You were like, maybe I could be on 101. You there know? you go. So, so there you go. So maybe you can just, uh, invite, well, you could invite, invite myself. To, yeah. Invite yeah, that's, yourself to the yeah, next that's, one. That's, yeah, that's always great. Just, just invite yourself to the, sh- to the party and, and say, Hey Lane, you're putting me on whether you like it or not well wait i wanted to stop myself there because it's not really inviting yourself since he asked you for the last one it's just rescheduling you're just rescheduling your appearance fair enough fair enough hey um how many sombreros do you think aaron jones has in his collection considering he wears one to every football game do you think he owns like 16 different ones and shows up in in different uh different hats each week you know i've thought about this i'm I'm gonna go with a no i'm gonna say that he's got maybe only a handful and i think well i'm just guessing i'm gonna guess that he gives them away like whether it's charity or whether it's you know to a fan after the game he signs it and then he uh gives it off or something like that i could see him giving these away do we know who makes it for him? No, but I, I've heard there's a story behind this. There's like a story behind the person who makes the sombreros for him and the connection he has with Aaron Jones. So oh, that's like, cool. It's that's like cool. A, there's like a story behind. So all there this. is someone who takes care of him with these. Yeah, it's like all customized and stuff like that. Which Are they is made really cool. in El Paso? That that's one of the things that I don't remember from this story. I, I don't remember if it's from El Paso or not. Okay, 
Uh, so it's, it's, it's good stuff to talk about. It really is. Uh, five o'clock is going to be a busy hour for us. We've got a lot to do with Lee Sterling and, uh, Jeff Erickson. Plus, uh, Adrian's going to have his physical athletics, uh, physical, uh, his fitness tip. Matter of fact, let's do it now. We never get to do your physical athletics four o'clock hour tip. Let's give it to our listeners as we end the hour. Yeah, that's a great idea, Steve. And physical athletics reminds people out there. It's never too late to start weight training. Muscle mass and specifically strength is linked to long longevity and living a higher quality of life when i started my fitness journey with physical athletics i had no clue what to expect but i quickly realized how awesome their staff was and how patient they were with me as i was trying to get better i hey i was i was out there today it was five o'clock uh you know five o'clock group training uh i'm a little tired but hey i have no problem because i'm committed to this and i'm only six weeks away from my wedding i told physical athletics i wanted to get in proper shape for the big day uh my fiance is getting ready i'm getting ready and i feel better on a day-to-day basis since I started working out with physical athletics. It's never too late to start your fitness journey. Forget a New Year's resolution. Start your fitness journey with today with physical athletics. They've got two locations on the far east side out at Joe Battle and Eastlake. Give a give them a try and get a free one-week trial to see what they're all about. All you have to do is either call or text 915-996-4476. If you've got kids and you want to get them active during the winter break, give them a call or shoot them a text 915 996 476 and tell them sports talk sent you start of hour number two here on sports talk along with utep zay adrian Broadus. i'm steve kaplowitz recording in progress you know this man he is the host of uh our weekly chat on paramount sports that's right he's lee sterling Another busy week. It'll be our final week uh, until after Thanksgiving. So this could be the kind of week that if, if you play your cards right, you can get a little bit of a bigger turkey. Maybe you can add a second pie to the mix, <laughs> a little extra dessert, and have an even yeah. bigger uh, Thanksgiving meal, right, Lee? Yeah. Uh, we always have the turkey bake-off, as you know, to my two daughters. Uh, one will make uh, the blueberry pie, one will make the banana cream pie, so... Uh, banana cream pie pie is right now 150 favorite. So, you know, it, unless unless the blueberry pie is perfect and the banana cream pie is soupy, banana cream pie is tough to beat. Lee, what's your favorite side in, in Thanksgiving? Like Thanksgiving dinner? I, I, I it's got to be the sweet potato pie. I mean, with the marshmallows on top. So we got a recipe coming that's been handed down generations, and it's like. Super top secret. My wife had to be married, I think it was a decade before it was even handed over to my wife. So um, it's it's pretty darn good. The amount of sugar intake at the Sterling <laughs> house for Thanksgiving yeah. must be mind-boggling. You've got sweet oh, potato yeah. pie with a marshmallow yeah. topping. You have right. banana cream pie. You've got yeah. blueberry <laughs> pie. Um, yeah. What other what other kind of sweet dishes do we have uh, for uh, for the uh, oh. for the for the Thanksgiving meal? Oh, I mean the stuffing. I mean, um, by the time I hit one of my recliner chairs <laughs> for the night game, usually there's there's a 20, 30 minute nap that takes place somewhere in between. So uh, just a great day, you know, uh, just enjoying it with family. I've got nine TVs around the house, so. Um, Anyone wants to watch a game wherever they're sitting, there's a TV. <laughs> how do we uh, how do we cook the bird? Conventional in the oven, or do we do something a little different? 
No, in the oven. I mean, you know, I, you know, being from Texas, you know, I, I tried to talk. We actually did deep fry it one year, and my wife nixed that after one year. Really? Fried we're that. we're we're, uh, we're deep frying the turkey next week. Okay, I've I done. Love it. I've done I've done oven obviously uh deep frying. I've taken a turkey breast and smoked it the last couple mm. of years too and that was really good. So Yeah. Um I think you should do you know little one 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 deep fried and and one in the oven but um I was I was ruled out. So. All right. Well, listen, it's a, yeah. at least at least you gave it a shot, that's for sure. Right. Uh let's get through the week. We've got uh, five games to talk about, three in college, two in the pros, and then we'll talk about uh, the big uh, Baker's dozen special that you've got going on at uh, paramountsports.com after that. Um UTEP and FIU will kick it off. Miners coming off a bye week, FIU coming off an absolute destruction. Maybe that's why the Miners find themselves 14-and-a-half-point favorites at home on Senior Day. I'll be honest with you, Lee. I didn't think the Miners would be 14-and-a-half points favorite against anybody. <laughs> but then again, FIU saved probably their worst performance in recent memory for last week. And even though they may not play as bad, you know, they're on the road. You get this late in the season. Um, there's nothing to play for. I know FIU's got four wins, but I think they've got a tough opponent next week. There's no shot here. I, I think you're going to see Brownhold start. That's what, what I'm hearing. And that's the case. They're just going to run the ball early and often on FIU. And they'll just wear FIU out. FIU just turnover prone. I like UTEP. I think they win this game here. 41-14. Oh, UTEP yeah. wins and covers. Oh, what right. a dream come true. <laughs> that would be for minor fans, Lee. I like that. Uh, that's music to their ears. All right, let's get to our second game uh, in college, and that's going to be the Texas Longhorns coming off that uh, tough loss to TCU last week at home. They're going uh, to Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, they're going to battle a 6-4 and four Jayhawks team. In fact, they're both 6-4. and four. Texas is 4-3 and three in the Big 12. Kansas is 3-4. and four in the Big 12, and the uh, line right now is down to nine. Can uh, Texas by nine on the road. Texas doesn't scare anyone, especially Kansas now. I mean, these kids beat them last year. So, uh, you know, I, I think they feel that they can do it again. They're playing at home here. They can score. Play calling for Texas, I mean, it's just been abysmal, especially in the second half here. So, unless Texas gets a 17-point lead, I think, Kansas will come roaring back here. And um, like I said, Texas Quinn Ewers also under 50% completion percentage last four games. Pretty telling. He was off to a great start. I, I think he might still be hurt. So I'm going to take Kansas here. I think Texas escapes 38-34, but nine points, that's a lot. All right, uh, final game will be TCU and Baylor, another uh, Pac-12, a Big 12 battle. This is going to be a fun one, 10 o'clock uh, on Fox Saturday morning. Uh, TCU is ranked fourth right now in the college football playoff. They're perfect at 10-0, 7-0 in the Big 12. If they lose, it would probably be this game. Baylor, 6-4, 4-3 in the Big 12. Yep, they're home. It's, uh, you know, the Baylor mystique, but they're still two-and-a-half-point underdogs to uh, the Horn Frogs late. So here's what's crazy. I thought TCU was up against it last week. I did go with TCU for my clients and felt that it was a strong play, but they're playing on the road, playing a team probably more talented than them. Remember Gary Patterson, he's a special assistant on the Texas staff. From what I hear, he drew up the offensive and defensive game plans. And Texas still couldn't beat him. I mean, TCU just waited it out. I like the way they were patient, then hit on a couple big plays in the second half. So 
Now they face a Baylor team not as talented, not as tough a venue. And then on top of that, um, quarterback. Shaping, I mean, no touchdown passes the last two weeks. One in the last three weeks here. I think TCU, they're going to lose, but not, not going to be this week here. I like TCU, 28-20. Lee, right now as we look at the college football playoff rankings, are there any teams outside the top four that you feel have good value when it comes to maybe a prop bet and, and uh, pinning them into the college football playoff when it's all said and done? Was was Tennessee four or were they five? I think they were five. Tennessee is almost a shoe in I mean – Someone's going to lose Michigan and Ohio State. And unless, you know, that's a game that goes into overtime or a Hail Mary or one on the last play, I think one of those teams is going to go outside of the top four and Tennessee will come in and then Tennessee doesn't have to play in the in the championship game. I, I like Tennessee's chances a lot. Lee, let's keep things moving right now as we head over to the NFL. Lions and Giants. It's an early game on Fox. Giants are seven and two, four and one at home. The Lions are three and six, one and three on the road. For some reason, I, I keep and maybe this is why you picked this game. I would think the Giants would be a touchdown favorite. They're only three point favorites at home, despite their record and uh, what the Lions have uh, been like this season. And the Lions won for the first time back-to-back games, 36 games. I mean, they have really struggled. They do have some offense here. But uh, what they have here is Don Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Giants. I think he's going to dial up pressure. And golf is susceptible to turning the ball over. And now they face a team that does similar what 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 was done to them last week on defense to Detroit and maybe a little bit better here. So – what you've got here is you've got Barkley. Barkley um, should be able to to navigate and do pretty much whatever he wants. And uh, if he has a big game and they stay away from the turnovers, I think the Giants are the right side. Let's go with the Giants here. G-men, get it done, 27-21. And that takes us to our final game that we're going to talk about, Cowboys and Vikings. Dallas is 6-3, and 2-2 two and two on the road. Minnesota is 8-1, 4-0 and, and oh at home, coming off that big win over Buffalo. Meanwhile, Lee, despite the Vikings' record, despite everything yep. they've done, they're three-point uh, three dogs this week to the Cowboys. Or, I'm sorry, one-and-a-half-point dogs. Yep. So, one-and-a-half points, they're not getting any respect uh, despite uh, their record in season. I think it's the first time I, I was here since, like, 19, I think it was like 1996 that a team that's eight and one was an underdog at home. But there's a reason. They stole a number 29 for his yards given up for his defense. And I think the matchup. So Dak Prescott's going to be able to face possibly the Vikings without two of their top three cornerbacks. And if that's the case, I think he's going to have some success. Both games were crazy. I mean, the Dallas game up two touchdowns, the Vikings battling back from 17 down, that catch by Jefferson, and then the fumble by Josh Allen, and then the interception uh, in the end zone was just was just pure lunacy. That's what makes the NFL so great, the endings of some of these games. But I just think that Dallas, uh, you know, those that defensive line, 35 sacks, facing a Vikings team possibly without their left tackle, uh, also a big advantage for them. And the Cowboys, 10-3 and three against the spread, the last 13 games away, and they've won those games, uh, eight of uh, those 10 games by a touchdown or more. I like Dallas here. I think the right team's favored, 30-24. to 24. 
Lee, you touched on Buffalo just a second ago. Yeah. Today we found out that they're moving to uh, Detroit for their game. And and now we're starting to get into the weather season. How much right. does weather play into spreads, over-unders, things like that? How much do you look at weather? Oh, it's important. I mean, there's a lot of games in the Midwest can be played in sub-zero weather, maybe even single digits. So that has to factor into it. So just makes it tougher. I think there's 16 starting quarterbacks listed as questionable this week. The weather will be a big factor. We might cut down on our plays, may not play as many plays uh, on a given Saturday. Lee, uh, last week something happened. It doesn't normally happen for you. You had yep. a losing <laughs> week, but you want to know something? I love the fact you bring that up. Just goes to show our listeners you're not going to win every week. It happens, right. but you've been winning uh, most of this season, 11 out of 14, and you got a huge, huge play uh, coming up this weekend as part of your Baker Dozen special, uh, and that's happening at ParamountSports.com. Yeah, included in the 13 games c- combined Saturday and Sundays, my college football Underdog play of the year. Uh, we're 54 and 19 on these 40 to 50 unit plays going back the last decade. And anyone wants to get involved, great time. 13 games. And as soon as you purchase it, a window pops open. All 13 plays Saturday and Sunday. Just $97. One place. Loved you to have you along for the ride paramountsports.com please uh when we get you back after the holidays uh, give us a full thanksgiving meal report uh from the sterling house okay we want that and watch twitter we'll have the the judging of the uh tur- of the uh of the of the bake-off so uh check twitter uh thanksgiving day all we'll right keep, we'll keep that out for you have a happy thanksgiving holiday appreciate you lee you too guys take care lee sterling folks paramountsports.com as we continue here on the program. Quarter past right now. We'll get back to uh, our next guest, Jeff Erickson, talking some fantasy sports right after Charlie One, who has this traffic update. Ah, uh, the guests just keep on joining us as we continue here on Sports Talk. Matter of fact, from one Zoom conversation to another, back with us for another week from his beautiful home in Southern California is Jeff Erickson. From rotowire.com, your one-stop shop for all fantasy sports. Jeff, uh, it looks like things have cooled off a little bit in California. You got the uh, the zip-up uh, going on right now, a little uh, little extra protection. Have have the temperatures finally started to drop out in Cali? Yeah, I mean, a high about 70. Um, at night, it dips into the low 40s, which, you know, as a former Midwestern, I should be like, oh, this is nice and cozy. But no, my blood's thinned out now. So I'm a full on Californian. So that's this feels like winter almost. Well, Not I'll, quite Buffalo winter, but uh, otherwise. I don't right. know. Adrian, what was El Paso yesterday? Like uh, high in the low 50s, low in the upper 20s? Yeah, exactly. I was I woke up pretty early yesterday and I uh, went outside and it was like 31 degrees. So, yeah, it was a little chilly. <laughs> I, I've seen enough sun bowls to know that El Paso can get cold. It can. Especially when Miami comes here. It seems like yeah. God doesn't like Miami, and they just want Miami to pay every time the Hurricanes arrive in the Sun Bowl for that football game. It's it's payback for that brutal uh, beating they put down on the Longhorns way back in the day. You know, the, the oh celebration in the tunnel and all that. I remember oh, that. Man, Wasn't that it was like amazing. the 1990 Cotton Bowl? Randall Thrill Hill and all those guys, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that because I was getting ready to go to UT at that point. I was looking at that game going, man, I hope things get better because I was not uh, – I, I was just <laughs> not, you know, expecting such a, uh, such a lopsided uh, performance by the Horns. Yeah, well, you, you got cosmic payback in basketball last night, oh. so it took you know, 
Yeah, they look amazing. They did. They drilled uh, Gonzaga, beating by not what nineteen points. You know, it was funny because the Zags were never even in that basketball game yesterday. No. no. Crazy. Uh, meanwhile, we just heard a little while ago that uh, St. Louis first baseman Paul Goldschmidt named the uh, most valuable player in the National League. Um, any surprise that Goldie beat out Manny Machado? Not really. I mean, it's a year-long award. It's not a September award. Uh, so the fact that he slumps him in September, I mean, you know, it, it, it happens. Uh, but the overall totality of the stats kind of said that he was the MVP. Now, you know, Obviously, it's a regular season award. We didn't want, you know, playoffs results don't get factor in it at all. So any of any of Machado's subsequent heroics were discounted there. But I mean, worthy candidates, both both really amazing candidates. Does Shohei have any chance uh, when the AL award comes out here in a little bit? I don't think so. Uh, I would. I don't think it'll be unanimous. I think that'll get at least one or two first place votes. I don't think it'll be like the Cy Young yesterday, but I got to think Judge gets it. I would too. Uh, Meanwhile, speaking of baseball, how's the baseball preview coming, especially with some off-season activity and trades uh, starting to go down? Yeah, uh, already the Mariners are like turning their roster over again, which is totally like them to do that every year. Uh, But, you know, it's going well. No, we're not doing a magazine anymore for baseball, only for football because – Unfortunately, baseball magazines aren't profitable. So we are just doing everything on the site itself. I am working on projections. We got a whole crew doing outlooks. Uh, we got off-season articles still. We got James Anderson still doing a weekly podcast as well as his prospect ranking. So we're still cranking out a ton of content. Uh, I'll go full on starting in like January, but you know, right now I'm kind of balancing between uh, football and baseball. Can't you like download the entire fantasy baseball preview to your, either your computer or your iPad. And basically it's like, you've got the digital version of the magazine. We used to do a PDF. Uh, I just think we're just going to do that in a form of just feature articles on the site. I think that's the okay. difference there. All right. Fair enough. Uh, nonetheless, uh, happy that baseball is going strong. Uh, basketball season is uh, now underway in the NBA and college. we got the NFL obviously cranking up uh, with uh, past the midway point right now. And look what happened last week. Minnesota upsets Buffalo. Green Bay knocks off Dallas. Again, Washington beating Philadelphia. It's, it's becoming more and more unpredictable in the NFL on a week-to-week basis. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, the Colts beating the Raiders uh, after their chaotic week. Um Although it is is funny, you could see the reports later in the week that uh, the players at least were buying into Jeff Saturday. Uh, the the whole process maybe not so much, uh, but they don't care about that. They just want to win. They want to play the rest. It also helps when you restore Matt Ryan as the starter and you get a full healthy Jonathan Taylor going. That makes a big difference too. But because uh, had you know that result that the Colts beating the Raiders in in Vegas would not have been shocking three weeks ago. It's only because of the tumult that happened, the firing the coach and the going and hiring someone that had, had so little coaching experience, but it just shows players win games still. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Not to mention uh, you've got Matt Ryan in your top 20 in your weekly value meter, um, you know, ahead of uh, guys like Derek Carr, who we talked about, Mac Jones, um, and, and and some other, uh, you know, relatively good names. Yeah, Carr's got a terrible matchup this week at Denver. Uh, really a really awful team to go against with your, with your quarterback, Patrick Sertan, on one side. I know they lost Bradley Chubb, but they still only gave up 17 points. Had two breakdowns against Nick Westbrook-Ikini last week, but still, very tough defense. I heard a stat the other day. If Denver had scored 18 points in all nine games so far this year, they'd be 8-1. and one. Wow. It just shows how bad their offense has been and how good their defense has been. Hey, uh, meanwhile, you talk about uh, you know tonight's game, G- uh, Green Bay hosting 
uh, Tennessee. Are we expecting really big games from the running backs? Is that going to be the big story? Who are you buying uh, from a fantasy standpoint that you like uh, in tonight's game? Yeah, I'm definitely buying Derrick Henry. Um, How can you not? Teams have been running the ball well against the Packers all year. I think the Packers rediscovered how good their their offense could be when they actually established the run early. I know it's kind of cliche coach speak to say establish the run. In fact, a whole website has been started in in my community uh, based on mocking that phrase establish the run. But there are times when it matters, and I think this is one of them there. Uh, You don't want to have Aaron Rodgers throwing it 42 times. You you just – it's not like he's a young quarterback and needs to be protected. It's just it's not a functioning system. He does get Randall Cobb back this week. I'm curious to see how much that hurts uh, someone like Christian Watson, who had his breakout last week, Alan Lazard, uh, who was a reliable target guy usually. I think those guys get hurt a little bit by that. But at the same time, I, I, I do think that uh, it'll help the Packers. I, I think Tennessee wins this game, though. I think Tennessee is one of the best coach teams in the league. I think they, they're ugly. You look at their total stats, their yards and all that, you're like, Ugh, how do they ever win? And they have one offensive weapon, and yet they're here they are, 6-3. and three. Jeff, when it comes to that Green Bay team, specifically with Christian Watson, you just touched on him and what how he can maybe take away targets. Do you bet on him for the long run this season, like uh, other people are thinking maybe he can explode onto the scene? Or are you a little bit, you know, uh, skeptical as his as like with his emergence this uh, for the rest of the stretch? Well, I mean, obviously, you got to be somewhat skeptical. Even on his big breakout day, he had what five catches. Um, he just had the three big ones. The big plays, you don't have a discount. That, that's great. Not too many uh, wide receivers can provide that. Uh, and he's got a chance to be a top two, top three at worst receiver for the Packers the rest of the year. And that, that in and of itself has value. But there are weeks when we're not going to start him. I think that's the key there. I think he's kind of like 25 to 30 is probably his upside range for where he lands for the rest of the season. That's still startable in most leagues. You know what else is really interesting? Uh, speaking of the Packers in this game, um, a friend of mine was at the uh, was at the game, and uh, he said, "Aaron Jones, without a doubt, the largest ovation from the fans in Lambeau before the game started." He said that it wasn't even close compared to everybody else. Here I was thinking there is absolutely no way that Aaron Jones comes back after this season. The contract, the, the salary hit, it's just too much for Green Bay. They'll, they'll let him walk. After watching so far Jones and the Packers through the first, what, 10 weeks of the season, they have to figure out a way to bring him back. because AJ Well, he got Dillon, paid, right? Well, so... that's the question. Well, I mean, but the, but the point is the, the, the contract hits much harder after the second year. So maybe they restructure it or rework it because, you know, they could, they could let him walk this year with minimal effect on the, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the cap. But if you not, if, if you uh, keep him, then it obviously, you know, you're still paying him what 10 million or whatever you're paying him this year, but they can't let the guy sure. walk. He's too, he's too valuable for this offense. Yeah. Although then again, we saw it said that with the Devonte Adams and they did it anyhow, but uh, you never know. But uh, the, the difference is, you know, I think it's harder to trade a running back who's just got his contract. I mean, he's it, it, if that contract is so onerous, no one's going to take it on. I don't think it's that onerous. I think that's just he's a good player, and it's that's the going rate for a good player. And and he, as you're right, he has demonstrated how vital he is to that offense. And it's just a matter of like, okay, let's make sure we we keep getting him the ball. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and if he gets the ball, big things happen. And he always seems to save his best for the Dallas Cowboys. You notice that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, meanwhile, give me your thoughts on this Buffalo game being moved to Detroit. 
I don't care if there's a snowstorm coming into Buffalo. Isn't the idea in football in November you play in the elements? How many games historically you knew there was going to be the worst weather in you know imaginable, and guess what? They still played that game in that stadium. Now we're talking about NFL games being moved to a dome because a snowstorm is expected to come. doesn't seem like this is the way they've run the league all these years until now. Uh, it's just not just a snowstorm. This was an historic snowstorm. It's like six feet in 24 hours. It's a, it's a public safety issue. You can't have a game there where people can't get around. Um, I think it's different. Now the bills have had a game already moved once 2014 had a game moved to Detroit. So this is, there's precedent for that too. Uh, the Vikings, when they had that roof issue, they had a game moved to Detroit as well. And then another time there was a game that was moved to university of Minnesota's field because of a problem with the, uh, with the stadium. So, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see the element game, but I think this is an extreme example. And wow. I, I think this and the fact that they called it today and not didn't wait till Saturday, I think this speaks well to the NFL too. Major League Baseball, they wait until the moment of and or two, two hours after the start of the game in some cases for playoff games before calling a game. You know, I think this this is at least fan friendlier. Um, they'll do the best they can to accommodate fans and you know, it's player safety too. I mean, players have to find their way to the stadium. Uh, I, 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 you know, the team doesn't have to fly into a snowstorm with all these high winds. Uh, I, I'm, I'm totally good with this decision. Did you see that uh, Central Michigan Maxion game last night? Yeah, uh, Maxion's the best. Hey Jeff, I uh, wanted to ask you how skeptical are you about uh, Hollywood Brown returning back for the Cardinals this week? You know, I'm not sure. I was just working on changing. I haven't changed his ranking yet. He did individual drills today in today's practice. Uh, this is their first practice of the day of the week. Remember, they play on Monday night. They go down to Mexico City. So we'll probably have to wait until at least Saturday to have a better idea on his status. But pick him up if he's out there uh, because, you know, this is an upside grab. I was able to grab him in the league last week. Um, as basically a free pickup. So, you know, that that's an impact player, perhaps, especially Zach Ertz just went down out for the season. Some those targets have to go to somewhere. Obviously, he's not going to line up a tight end, but uh, and Rondale Moore has done a good job of establishing himself in the interim. But, you know, it's he's another playmaker out there. It's someone else that they the opposing defenses have to account for. Niners are down a couple of DBs. If he plays, it's worth a go. I would say, you know, wait until Saturday. If you have to make your decision tonight, say it's like, Christian Watson versus uh, Hollywood Brown. I'd go Watson, uh, but otherwise, just wait and you know go stash. You know, you know, don't make it. Don't. I would say don't wait until Monday night. Have or at least have a pivot available. But you know, you can at least wait till Saturday. Give me your thoughts on uh, Isaiah Pacheco becoming the main ball carrier in Kansas City and what that'll do with his fantasy value. Yeah, you know, emphasis on ball carrier because he's not the main running back, period, because he ca- doesn't catch passes, just doesn't. Zero targets last week. Now, maybe game flow is different. Remember, the Chiefs were playing with the lead the entire game against Jacksonville. Um, so that but spoke well to Pacheco's value. I think if they have to play a comeback game of any sort of sorts, I think that hurts his value. I think you can probably cut CEH if you have to, but maybe with the game flow, if they're playing from a deficit, it changes a little bit. Uh, but he does run better as a as a ball carrier, um, and I do like seeing that. And let's face it, beggars can't be choosers. He's the best available running back on the waiver wire this week, without a doubt. So go get him if he if he was there. Probably too late. Your waivers almost certainly run by now. Uh, but use him. You can use him this week uh, against the Chargers. This is a great matchup because they have a hard time stopping the run. So I do like that. He's in my top twenty this week. 
Sticking with the Chiefs, uh, you look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's really emerged among their wide receivers, but now they add somebody new like Kadarius Tony. Do you like Tony in this offense? Do you Could you see him as a reliable fantasy guy or, or not yet? Not not ready to say that yet. I think reliable should not be a adjective applied to him just yet, uh, given his history, but... Nicole Hartman went on the IR today. Uh, they, you know, it, Juju Smith-Schuster is still in the concussion protocol, didn't practice today. I think there's a pretty good chance Tony has a good size role. I think MVS has a good size role this week. Uh, the, the targets have to go to somewhere besides Kelsey, and I think that both of those guys are going to benefit from that in the short term. Bigger surprise last week, Brian Robinson's uh, large uh, load running the ball against Philadelphia and the success he had or uh, watching Elijah Mitchell um, take over and, and get a ton of carries down the stretch in that San Francisco game? No, Mitchell's the bigger surprise just because it's his first game back. We didn't think he'd have that big of a role. Uh, 18 carries. Love seeing that if you have Mitchell there. And they use him as a closer. Now, keep in mind, this is playoff with done with the playoffs in mind. They want to keep McCaffrey fresh. They don't want him getting 30 touches. You know, Carolina kept on making that mistake over and over and over again. Um, I think that they, they're keeping the, you know an eye on the playoffs and an eye on the long term here with McCaffrey. And Mitchell's a very good back. It's not like they just uh, had some jabroni in there uh, running at three yards a carry. They had someone that it looks good out there running the ball. And, you know, Mitchell was a clear deserved starter before uh, his injury and before the McCaffrey trade. So I think that uh, this is you won't always have game flow like this where he's able to have 18 carries. And if it's a pass heavy game, he probably doesn't get as much work, but he can play. He's, he's, He's a good third running back for your fantasy team. Man, oh, man, I hope the Iron Sheik is listening to our segment, especially since you just dropped a jabroni reference uh, during the uh, show. That's a, that's terrific. Anytime you can throw a hidden uh, wrestling uh, little uh, little terminology there, I like that. So keep that up. Jim. We laughed. We cried. We did wrestling references. It was a full day. No, oh, no doubt about it. Uh, give me some of your favorite plays this week. Who do you like the most? Um, we talked about, uh, the, you know, the, you know, running games, uh, it, it becomes more important as we get deeper into the year, right? Uh, the t- defenses are starting to get some attrition rates. Uh, you know, it, you know, it gets colder. Maybe you can't th- uh, fill the air as well. Although that's been the case all year long. I don't know. David Montgomery this week, he gets the exclusive carries, uh, with, uh, with, uh, Khalil Herbert out for the, at least next four weeks against Atlanta in the dome. Should you be a good setup there? Uh, Tristan Ebner is going to be the uh, backup to him, but Montgomery is going to get like workhorse work. Now, of course, he doesn't get any catches now because Justin Fields has been unleashed. So there's no checkdowns. It's it's Fields running and uh, justifiably it's, it, it's worked out pretty well. But Montgomery is back to being a top 20 back this week, maybe even top 15. Uh, passing wise, uh, some receivers. It's an ugly wide receiver week, guys. Uh, there's seven starting wide receivers on by this week. The two from Tampa, two from Miami, two from Seattle, plus Christian Kirk and Jacksonville. We lost uh, Cooper Cup as well. Uh, I'll give you Paris Campbell this week. I like him a lot, especially because he's probably not going to draw the top coverage uh, from Darius Slay. He'll probably be either the second or third corner on him. He has clicked with Matt Ryan whenever Matt Ryan started at lately. So I think he's a guy that's borderline top 20, maybe even not even borderline. I think Garrett Wilson coming off the bye is another decent start too, although I'm a little worried about the Pats defense. But Wilson got his even then in that last game against the Pats and then the other game before the bye. So I think he's another guy that is someone that should be considered on the rise. Uh, and, and then you mentioned already Valdez, Scantling, and Tony. I think they're going to be really relied upon. Finally, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, he's been getting at least five catches every week. This game's now in a dome. I understand Buffalo is a nasty defense, but 
they're going to, you know, we, we saw production out of the Minnesota White House last week. I think Peoples Jones will get his. Jeff, uh, asking a strategy question here. If somebody is uh, hypothetically still in a guillotine league at late. Here hypothetically, in, uh, huh? Yeah, hypothetically, <laughs> middle of November. Uh, how would you t- how would you kind of, um, you know, maneuver things like your bid and your money that you still have your salary? Because it seems like these last couple of weeks, some some other teams will throw the kitchen sink and try to get one specific player, whereas other teams will try to save their money late in this uh, season. I say if there's a clear need or a clear elite player, you grab them, period. Um, If you have a kitchen sink to empty, empty it. Uh, Make sure you know what the totals are for everybody else in your league so you don't go spending needlessly. If the top, uh, if you, if you have the hammer and the next best guy's got 75 of his fab left and you've got 80, make sure you're only spending 76, you know, get, you know, save those extra four, especially if you don't have $0 bids. But at the same time, if, you know, a stud player is out there, go get them. Adrian, are you still alive in the guillotine league? Because I'm so long yes. gone, I've lost track of that league. Uh, yes, my kitchen sink acqu- acquisition last week was A.J. Brown and uh, mm. did not come through. So, mm. Yeah, but you know what? He's a good player. He just he got hurt early in that game. We'll watch him. He's had two limited practices so far this week. I'm a little concerned about him and Devontae Smith, but Dallas Goddard's out too. It's It might be a little trappy here for the Eagles second week in a row for that. Let's talk about what you've got cooking at, at rotowire.com. Uh, you've got your value meter that we always talk about, some of the other articles. Uh, World Cup starts this weekend. You've got soccer coverage going on as well from Qatar. A lot of good things happening right now, right? Oh, yeah. we got advice for you to do well in your pools. Uh, if you play DFS uh, for the World Cup, there we got you covered there, even betting angles. Um, and then, obviously, uh, from the football side of things, all of our regular features are up there on the site. Exploit the matchups. Uh, deep pickups, uh, IDP coverage, you name it. Uh, and if you need customized advice, we have something called Ask the Expert. You plug in your question, we'll get to at, back to you within 24 hours and before kickoff of the of the major time frames too. So Thursday night, although if you get it in now, it might be a little late, but do your best. Um, and then for Sunday's games, we'll have you covered there as well. My rankings are updated up on the site. Check that out. Uh, and hopefully you will, you'll find enough to, that you want to subscribe. Rotowire.com slash free peels back the paywall. Speaking of free, while Twitter lasts, you still uh, answer questions when you get tagged on Twitter from uh, from time to time. I do my best. I can't get them all always, but I, I do try to get all of them there. So uh, yeah, and uh, I, you know, I, you know, freezing cold take I had a couple of weeks ago. I said, oh, this whole Elon Musk thing, it's not going to be that big of a deal. There's not going to be that much chaos. It's going to be uh, much ado about maybe not much ado about nothing, but. More blown up? No, I think I was wrong about that one. <laughs> I know it. Uh, Jeff underscore Erickson on Twitter, and check out uh, all of his work with his team out at rotowire.com. Terrific stuff as always. Look forward uh, to talking to you again, possibly next week, if not after the holidays. But if we don't talk to you till after Thanksgiving, have a, uh, have a great uh, Thanksgiving holiday, Jeff. Likewise, my friends. Take care. He's Jeff Erickson, folks, from Rotowire as we continue here on Sports Talk. 20 in front of 6, back with more. We'll wrap up the hour next here, 600 ESPN El Paso. That if you don't subscribe to Amazon, you're SOL. We've got a busy night in sports in general. And I can't wait to find out when it's official. Um, when the American League Most Valuable Player Award gets released. It how, just dropped. Oh, see? it did. Yes, it did. So, how many? Uh, how bad was it uh, for Aaron Judge to win the uh, Most Valuable Player? Twenty-eight of thirty. Ah, something that you all called right there. Yep. I mean, there were some votes for Shohei. 
Probably votes for Angels fans. But, all right, it makes a lot of sense. Really does. Manny uh, Machado finishes second. By the way, I was really hoping that they were going to do a split MVP this year with Judge and Otani. It would have been super cool if they were co-MVPs. It really would have. One, uh, breaking history, making re- uh, you know, making a huge record like Aaron Judge, and the other one just doing something that we've never seen before. And we might, we cannot take these seasons for granted that Shohei Otani is doing, where he's pitching at an elite level on the mound and he's hitting uh, at a really solid level at the plate. Like what he's doing right now as a two-way player is something that we cannot take for granted. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Um, all right, we'll have um, Lane Frank. In our final hour, special guest Jim Paul will be with us as well to pick games against Lane. Looking forward to that, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel like uh, we might have to find an alternate way to communicate if Twitter goes under. We have, have we even come up with a plan B yet and what to do to communicate <laughs> with, our, uh, with our listeners? You know what? Uh, we have not come up with a plan B. That's, that's one of those things. Um, I have no clue what I would do. I mean, like... I, all of our coverage, like, you, most of the stuff we do, we promote, we push out, is all on Twitter. Listen to this. A tweet comes out from a guy. His name is Alex Cohen. He goes, I was laid off from Twitter this afternoon. I was in charge of managing badge access to Twitter offices. Elon just called me and asked if I could come back to help them regain access to headquarters as they shut off all badges and accidentally locked themselves out. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing uh, somebody else, Zoe, who's tweeting this out. Uh, Twitter alerted all employees effective immediately. All office buildings are temporarily closed and badge access is suspended. No details as to why. Oh, my goodness. So a lot of workers laid off right now, Steve. Yep. Uh, 75% of the workforce at Twitter. How do they run this thing if everybody doesn't have a job? Elon will run it, I guess, or something like that. Maybe so. Maybe so. Ugh. We need a plan B. We got to find some way to move our listeners over. Maybe we get them all to communicate with us via the app. You know, that's That'd be probably, amazing. I'll be honest with you, folks. If you haven't downloaded the mobile app powered by First American Bank, you should have done that anyway a long time ago. And we've got plenty of regulars like Pinky who and San Fran Sam who communicate with us on the app, but that might have to become our number one alternative if Twitter goes down the toilet. That's that's a bummer, man. I don't want Twitter to leave. Uh, I, I really, I'm going to be the doubter on all this. I'm going to say nothing happens and we're, you know, we're okay. I'm just going to be the optimist right here. I hope you're right, man. Oh, hope man. you're right. Ah, oh, oh, we'll see what happens. After all, if, if you work so hard to get that blue check mark. I, I, you know, I was just thinking, like we just we work a lot on Twitter. It's it's not we just do. the it's not just the badge. We do a lot of work on Twitter, which Twitter's would just huge uh, for us. yeah, it would it would hurt us in a in a big way. Hundred percent. All right, we're gonna come back and uh, we'll get into our final hour. Lane Frank, Schoolyard Sports, be dropping by in our in our Lubingo Oil Changer Studios again. Lane brought to you every week by River Oaks Properties. Stay tuned for that conversation next. It's six hundred ESPN El Paso. Start of our final hour. We continue here on Sports Talk, along with Adrian Broadus, UTEP Zay helping out as well, producing the show. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We've got um, Mr. 100 with us uh, here in our Lubingo Oil Changer Studios. Schoolyard Sports this week celebrated its 100th podcast, and with us right now is the host 
of Schoolyard Sports. He joins us every week thanks to our friends at River Oaks Properties. They deliver the goods with uh, the one and only Lane Frank uh, here for another week. Welcome back and uh, good to see you. Are you enjoying the cold weather? This is more like Michigan since you're going there in a couple of years. You might as well get used to this kind of weather on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely pretty interesting, but uh, not great when I have to practice at 8 a.m. every morning. It's all good. Hey, that's, that's, come on. I mean, yeah. listen, you, do you know how spoiled you are living in El Paso, Texas? This is like the coolest, I mean, I've ever think it has been. Well, I maybe. mean, it's this time of year it gets chilly. Maybe not as so. chilly as there it is go. right now, there but but it's about time, right? I mean, come on. We've been having 70, 80 degree weather for how long now? And let's start getting into yeah, the 50s crazy. and 60s and uh, 20s at night. Yeah, pretty much ever since March, it seems like. But by the way, um, how is it practicing uh, tennis uh, at eight in the morning when it's about probably what thirty one, thirty two degrees outside? What's that like for you? It's pretty cool. You got sweatshirt, sweatpants. Pretty cool, but it's fun. But then again, you you warm up pretty quick as you start to hit balls. So I imagine that even though you're dressed a little warm, you you get used to it after a while. Yeah, definitely. It's tougher to get a grip on it, but yeah, you get used to it. Does Michigan have uh, indoor facilities for tennis? Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Okay. Are you, are you planning on trying to walk on the team? What do you think is going to end up uh, happening? I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm that good, Steve. All right. Well, what's, what's the worst that happens? You play intramural tennis. Yeah, there you go. I played intramural basketball at uh, Texas. It was fun. Were you the worst or were you the best? I won, we won one year, and I came off the bench. It was a veteran team, and I was one of the younger players on the team. So I came off the bench, contributed a little bit, got a T-shirt for winning intramurals. I still have the T-shirt, and it's about 28 years old. Wow, so, that's amazing. Steve Kaplowitz, yeah. intramural basketball champion. I'm still mad that my intramural softball team lost in the championships softball? one year. You didn't even play baseball? Oh, we, no, no, no. We have intramural softball. We have to, there you go. Baseball, come on now. I mean, you know, think about all the students at, at Texas, you know, and it's a lot easier to play softball than it is uh, baseball. There was competitive games, too, a lot of good athletes. And we came right down to the championship of the housing division, because we were, you know, in our dorm at the time, and yeah. came into a powerhouse team, and they knocked us out. And I was, I'm still mad about that game. I wanted, I wanted a second T-shirt from those championships. Because what happens is they take your picture, put it on the wall, and then you're there for the rest of eternity. Yeah, for it's sure. Great multi-sport champion at Texas, just a little different type of sport. Yeah, that's exactly there you right. Go, there you go. That's not a problem. All right. Well, listen. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what uh, podcast number 100 was like for you. Who's on it? It just drops today with the video. Audio was yesterday. Tell me what's happening uh, with uh, Schoolyard Sports. Episode 100, just me. It was an awesome episode. Uh, I did a little bit of a thank you to the fans. Thank you to everybody. I think I think I even thanked you in that. Uh, really? I did, yeah, I think. Yeah, How nice sure. of you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you should be thanking me. Of course, I mean, put, of course. You've been on the radio now for like the last 10 weeks in a row. Of I know, course, I would, I, I'm I happy. You, I would be upset if you didn't thank me, know, but good for you. What I, else did you do? Uh, yeah, I did my Squared Sports game day picks where I picked the top NFL games. And I said, if you want to hear all my picks... Listen to 600 ESPN El Paso on the app. And that a boy. There you go. There you go. I did my top five college basketball teams. Uh, I filled in some of the college football coaching positions. I did my college football showcase. It was an awesome episode. Good for you. I like that. This is this is a blockbuster chock full of everything kind of go, episode. There you go. Episode number 100. Good. Uh, are you surprised at all by the news today? Paul Goldschmidt and Aaron Judge winning the MVP awards. A little bit boring. You know, I think we all expected Goldschmidt to win it. 
you know, it'd be fun to see Lindor win it, Alonzo win it, Machado win it. I know he came in second. Aaron Judge deserved MVP, but Otani, any other year, he might have won MVP also. What about if they would have had co-MVPs this year with Judge and Otani, considering they were both such terrific seasons in, in both capacities? No, I heard you talking about that, but uh, Judge deserves over Otani. I don't think he should be co. I thought it should have been closer. What was it, 28-2? to 28-2. to Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit crazy to me, but uh, yeah, Judge deserves over Otani. All right. Well, no worries there. Uh, by the way, a lot of trades going down in Major League Baseball. Uh, Seattle starting to completely remake their outfield here in the last couple of days. Yep. Teoscar Hernandez getting interesting with Seattle. Do you like the move, uh, Teoscar Hernandez going from Toronto to Seattle? Hey, you never know. They didn't have to give up that many prospects. They kept on to Emerson Hancock. It could be interesting with the Seattle Mariners. Kyle Lewis traded today from Seattle over to Arizona. So he now joins the mix uh, with the Diamondbacks next season. That's what I didn't see. I think, yeah, I didn't see that news at all. Kyle Lewis, interesting. By the way, I'm hearing rumors that the Texas Rangers are really wanting to spend a ton of money on what are you you're shaking your head I haven't know even, you're say. I, I haven't even given the name of the player yet and you're already shaking your head at me because I already know his name uh, of course you know his name Jake DeGrom that's uh, what the Rangers want to do what do you think uh Carlos Rodon that's all I have to say I think that's who they're going after not so much Jacob DeGrom all right so you're not worried you think Jake DeGrom comes back a Met I mean I hope so Justin Verlander wouldn't be so bad of a consolation. That's true. Has Justin Verlander pitched his last game in Houston? Uh, that's tough. I think so. Yankees, Mets, whoever it might be. I know uh, this player from Japan coming over right now. He's interested in the Mets. He had a 1.97 ERA in the same league Otani played in. Maybe he could be great for the New York Mets. He's not going to be Otani. But he's, he's a pitcher. That's true. But, I mean, think about this. Let's look at the success rate from Japan to the States. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Because these guys come in with these two ERAs. Say a Suzuki. Strike, exactly. They strike out a bunch Kikuchi. of guys. They think they're hot stuff. And they're not bad pitchers. But let's be honest. Otani's a unicorn. He's different than everybody else. Tanaka was pretty good. You say Kikuchi's had a career so far. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. But not, not Otani dominant. That, but I mean, Otani's different. Otani's a unicorn. He is. That's exactly right. He picks up a bat, and he hits bombs. <laughs> then he go. also goes out and strikes everybody out, throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, you're right. After Tommy John surgery, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Have you ever thought of getting Tommy John surgery yourself for tennis and strengthening your arm to where you could start blasting forehands and backhands at people and maybe rocketing up the system? You know, I've got a little bit of tennis elbow, but uh, I don't think I'd be willing to give up a year of tennis just for Tommy John surgery, give up a year of that. Bryce Harper, though, Tommy John surgery. That's interesting. He's going to miss all of next season, it looks like. Is that what they're saying right now? Yeah, torn UCL. I just don't get it. Why not just become a DH for the rest of your career? Why take a year off your career in your prime? Well, the question is also this. Even if he has Tommy John surgery now, I understand the rehab process from the throwing standpoint, but if he DHs, would he have to miss all of next year, or could he still come back as a DH and hit the ball? I think it's- I think it's all of next year because you gotta be in a cast. You gotta. I think it's all of next year. Maybe playoffs. He comes back, but really? uh, it's gonna be interesting. That is gonna be interesting. All right. Uh, you watched Texas last night uh, beat the heck out of uh, Gonzaga in college basketball. Yeah, I picked Gonzaga in that one. I probably shouldn't have. Texas looks like the real deal. They do. By the way, the Zags should have learned a little bit from UTEP's yep. uh, film. I mean, UTEP lost by less than Gonzaga did. And they played them better, too. Down the stretch, it was an eight-point game yeah. with about six minutes left to go. For sure. How'd you like, speaking of UTEP, how'd you like being in the building Saturday to watch oh. the Miners beat the Aggies? That was a fun environment. They were physical in that one, UTEP. You know, good to see Joe Golden got a good squad. He does. And this team has a chance to do some things, especially in conference, conference USA, play. Yeah. Absolutely right. All right, uh, college football. Let's move right, to that right now. Um, 
where are you in terms of uh, just uh, the polls right now? Where did the uh, CFP committee get it right this week? Where did they get it wrong? They got it wrong with TCU at four. I'm still on the Tennessee hype train. TCU's going to lose this week to Baylor. Let me tell you this. TCU last year, terrible team, ended Baylor's playoff hopes. Just a fluke of a game. This year, Baylor, not so great of a team, going to end TCU's playoff hopes. Didn't you call Texas beating TCU on yeah. this show last week? Yeah, and I shouldn't have, but uh, Quinn Ewers is a bust. I mean, he went to Ohio State. What do you expect? Um, <laughs> wait, wait, nice shot. Nice shot. Yeah, uh, by yeah. the way, it was, it was the defense that did, uh, but, that uh, did Texas. Tennessee has a great win in the country. They have the best loss in the country, number one, Georgia. They blew out an LSU team on the road in Death Valley. That's a really tough thing to do. To even beat LSU in Death Valley, that's impossible. On the road, blowout, that's a great for Tennessee. They deserve to be number four in my eyes. Okay, so here's the question. All right, this is the big one now. Let's just say TCU beats Baylor. They finish okay. undefeated. Okay. Win the Big Twelve. Okay. Big Twelve's playing a championship game this year, right? There's enough money in that. They'll win. They'll. Yeah. So they play the Big Twelve championship. They win that. They finish undefeated. Let's say, uh, you know, that happens, and then does the loser of Michigan Ohio State still get in to the uh, to the semifinals? Right, let me think about this. You have a 13-0 Georgia. They're in. You have the winner of Michigan Ohio State is the number two seed. They win the Big Ten, obviously. Yep. They're in. If you have an 11-1 Tennessee. I think they're in, and then it's down between the loser of Michigan, Ohio State, maybe a 12-1 USC and TCU. Uh, I think a 12-1 USC would get in over a 13-0 TCU. Do you really? I do, and if if Michigan, Ohio State goes down to the wire, overtime, one-possession game, it can't just be one-possession game, Ohio State controls the ball, Michigan controls the ball, takes me at the end of the game. It's got to be coming down to the wire, final plays, winner decided, could have gone either way. That's what gets – I mean, I think if that happens, you got to put the losers of Michigan-Ohio State game in. Adrian, chime in on this. Unless because, it's Ohio State. Uh, because, again, Lane's saying that if Michigan loses, as long as it's a close yeah. game, they should be in the champ- They should be in the CFP semifinals. But if Ohio State loses in the same scenario, they should be bounced out because clearly they are inferior because of, of uh, Lane's uh, just hatred towards Ohio State <laughs> is what it comes down to. Well, first off, uh, the Quinn Ears thing is alarming, right? I mean, uh, the, he, he can't complete those short passes. I guess that's his uh, biggest problem problem right now but this scenario that you're laying out lane i think it's all predicated off of uh the opponents right the common opponents they've had and uh how michigan may have been blowing out these opponents while ohio state is kind of struggling against these inferior big 10 opponents is that right yeah i definitely agree with that like michigan struggled with the indiana team but they only gave up 10 points ohio state gave up 14 michigan's offense just wasn't clicking ohio state's offense clicked amazingly against michigan state not so much their defense same for Michigan. Offense didn't click, but the defense was amazing. Second half shutout, second half shutout against Indiana also. And then for Penn State, Michigan just blew Penn State out the water. While Ohio State needed a fourth quarter comeback to win that one. I understand. So, but, uh, but should we just throw this argument out the window knowing that the college football playoff might just side with the SEC regardless? I think Tennessee deserves to be in if they're 11-1. Just It's going to be tough to see if a 13-0 TCU. I think Tennessee gets in over a 12-1 USC and a 13-0 uh, t- uh, TCU. Well, the thing is this. If USC beats Utah and UCLA in back-to-back weeks... And wins the Pac-12. and yeah, that, That's a statement. That's a statement right that there. Event, okay, that is interesting because their next three games could potentially be against UCLA, Notre Dame, Utah. That might get you into the playoff right there if you dominate those opponents. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Notre Dame has suddenly gone from a, an afterthought to now becoming, uh, you know, I won't say they're Notre Dame again, but they've had a chance to uh, to have some good wins these and, last few weeks. And here's where it could get interesting. If you have an 11-1 Ohio State, 12-1 uh, UFC, you look at that Notre Dame game for both of them, who gets in? 
That's true. Uh, and where does Tennessee fit into this whole puzzle piece that we're talking about right now? Tennessee's amazing. I just think if you put a 4C Tennessee against 1C Georgia, it's not going to be so different. If you put them against a Michigan-Ohio State, they might end up winning that game. Well, we already saw Tennessee-Georgia. Uh, yeah, so I'm saying. That, yeah, I'm saying that you was, might not yeah. be close again. No, we didn't, we didn't like that result the first time around. I don't know if the second time is going to be exactly. any different right now. There you now. go. All right, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Bring somebody number one out of the Big Ten, maybe. Maybe that's the story of what, whoever comes out of Ohio State-Michigan. I think Georgia deserves to be number one no matter what. Okay, so even if Michigan beats Ohio State, doesn't matter still. They'd be, they're number two to Georgia. For me, they'd be number two in my eyes. I understand. All right, where's the championship game this year? Indianapolis. You going? Nah. Wait, if, wait, if Michigan's playing. If, wait, if Big Michigan Ten championship game you're talking about? The, no, I'm talking about the, the, uh, national, the, the national championship. Where's the, uh, where's the national let championship game? It might game? be San Francisco. Let me check. Oh, San Francisco. That might be interesting. But my question is, is if Michigan plays in the national championship game, will you be there? That's a big game. It's in SoFi Stadium. I'll be there. All right. Oh, you've, you're calling your shot. I'll be there. Last you year I went to the Orange hesitate. Bowl. Last yes. year I went to the Orange Bowl. It was pretty terrible. Probably won't go to the playoff game, Fiesta Bowl and Peach Bowl, Arizona, Atlanta. Probably won't go to those games, but Michigan makes the championship. So if I stay, I'll be there. Why would you not go to Glendale? It's such an easy drive for you. Go six hours and you're there. <sighs> I can't. I can't afford to go to another playoff game and see a loss. Steve, that was tough last year. Oh, so it it, it does take its toll on you mentally. Orange Bowl is uh, that was a definitely experience for me. I understand. Well, luckily you've lived to see 14, which is good. Congratulations. <laughs> and you also have podcast number 100 course, for Schoolyard Sports. Yeah, two that years is good in the making. Too. By the way, Adrian, uh, Lane is now verified on Twitter. Let's go. That's great news. And uh, no braces. Yep. That's right. Yeah, there you go. How about that, by the way? Yeah, I got how does them it off feel? yesterday. How does that feel? feels great. You know, I kind of wish I took one week off in these 100, however many weeks it's been, because then episode 100 could have been without braces and Michigan-Ohio State week. Doesn't it feel weird when your braces are taken off for the first time? Definitely does. Feels feel, a little bit different today. You feel like you have new teeth. There you go. Yeah. It's great. And they're all straight. And yeah, yeah. It's perfect, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. Who's your orthodontist? Let's give him a shout out. Dr. Wilbanks. He was my orthodontist. No way. Yes. There you go. That's interesting. I went to Will. Well, he's interesting. I mean, he's, come on. Wilbanks is old. It's perfect. He's my, <laughs> you know, he was there for me. He's there for you. That's, that's great. Funny, that's funny. When I was at Wilbanks, that's when all the Utah basketball players used to go. So when I would sit in the chair, I'd have Jeep Jackson on one side, have <laughs> Quinton Gates on the other that's side. Hilarious. And all my favorite minors were all there because see, everybody had braces in those days. So yeah, we're of all. Course. We're all hanging out together. It was one big party. Tim Hardaway, they're all there. They definitely thought, who's this kid? Exactly right. That's right. All right, look, we're going to come back. You got Jim Paul this week. This yeah. is not. This is not going to be. This is not going to be easy. Yeah, he has been waiting for this opportunity since we started this whole segment, and he has come prepared. He's taking notes, so you're going to really have to bring your A game this week. Yeah. Unlike last week when you lost to Chad. Yeah, you know it's going to be fun. He seems like uh, seems like the most prepared guest we've had. I think so too. We'll, yeah, find, we'll out. find out. Jim Paul against Lane Frank. One on one picking NFL games right after Charlie won with traffic. Back here on Sports Talk. Again, River Oaks Properties sponsoring our weekly chat with Lane Frank. By the way, Lane, if you go to River Oaks Properties and you get to tour of the office, it is like a sports memorabilia uh, museum, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, you got the connoisseur right here next to you. I do. Uh, Jerry Rubin, uh, who has built up a great collection. What's your favorite piece of his uh, of memorabilia when you walk into River Oaks? Is it the 
I mean, I've seen 27 Yankees. He's got Dodgers and, and Brooklyn Dodgers. What do you like the best? What's your favorite piece? It's almost too much. Maybe some of his uh, 66 Texas Western stuff. Oh, that's really cool, yeah, too. Yeah, for I sure. like that. That's, that's good. Well, first off, you know, he, he lived that. That's exactly right there in the sweet spot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when you're not alive for Babe Ruth, but you still get you have a Babe Ruth signed ball. For sure. But if you have a 66 piece and you were there for it, that's a big deal. Yeah, definitely. You know who else was there in 66? Our guest. You realize that Jim Paul was uh, was also a part of that uh, that time period. Yeah, I know he would play for UTEP or Texas Western for sure. Jim uh, Jim joins us right now. He's going to be our celebrity guest this week. What's uh, you, you you were going to say something, Jim? First off, welcome aboard. Good to see you. It's great to be here, and I'm impressed with Lane. Gee whiz, and his and his uh, manager. Yes, I know. You got to have. Uh, I'm telling you, he's got to have his manager. Lane's as connected as it gets. It really is. Um, were you uh, so? Give, well, give me your backstory with UTEP basketball. Well, back in uh, I played at El Paso High School, mm-hmm. and uh, I never picked up a ball until I was like a freshman. But it's a long story, and this is not a long program. So. That's true. But I, I I would work out with them in the summertime after my senior year, and Odell Holmes was my best friend. We were both known as Jimmys then. And uh, Askin saw us working out uh, during the summertime, playing Togo Rayleigh and all that bunch. And so, and there was no no scholarship limit, none. And there was only three sports, men's football, men's basketball, and track. Mm-hmm. That was it. So he didn't have a limit. So he had like 24, 25 scholarships. So he gave me one because he knew I didn't have to live in the dorm. So I got a scholarship my first year, and that was, that was it. Cause the rest I, is history. Yeah, well, like the, the history was he got rid of me after my freshman year. <laughs> I believe it. <clears throat> but I started working in the sports information office at, at UTEP. That's awesome. Texas Western with Eddie Mullins. And, and, and I remained friends with all the guys that were on the teams as they came in because I was working in sports information. But my freshman class was Orson Artis, Harry Flournoy, Togo, Roley, Togo Rayleigh. Oh, what a class. No, no, all the guys of yeah. seniors that I mean, won the national championship. Sure. That's a, that's a heck of a class back in those days. Oh, yeah. When they come to class, when they came, anytime they come to town, but they came to town for the 50th anniversary. Yeah. I threw a big breakfast for him and everything, and we were all got together, and we didn't let anybody in there, but we let Jerry Rubin in there. I you remember it. that, Jerry? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> we were having no, we had somebody at the door. Uh, we let Nolan in. He wasn't on the team. He was there before we were senior. He was a senior when we were all freshmen. Nolan was unbelievable when he was a basketball player at UTEP, too. Um, we always said the only person that slowed down Nolan was Don Haskins. So, uh, you know. And yet, yeah. Nolan Richardson was, a, was just a machine for Coach Haskins and before and after. All right. Here we go. We got games to pick. Uh, we got a game going on right now. We're not going to worry about the Titans Packers because it's already started. So, although, you know what? For, for grins, since neither of you really know the score, all right, Jim, who do you think is going to win tonight? Titans are 6 and 3, 3 and 2 on the road. Packers are 4 and 6, 3 and 2 at home. It's in Lambeau. Packers are three point favorites. They kicked off about 10 minutes ago. Who do you like tonight in that one? Absolutely the Packers. Okay. That's fine. What about you, Lane? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that pick. Go Packers. All right. Very nice. You both go Packers on that. That's good. Here we go with the rest of the games this week. 11 o'clock games, Bears and Falcons. Bears are 3-7, and 1-4 and four on the road. Falcons are 4-6, and 3-2 and two at home. It's going to be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Falcons are three-point home favorites, Lane. What are we doing here? Bears deserve a win. Justin Fields deserves another win. He's been playing out of his mind, just playing against good teams. Give me the Bears in this one. All right. Lane says Bears. What about you, Jim? Atlanta. How come? Tell me why. Why do you like the Falcons this week? Because they're home? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think the Bears are that impressive myself. Uh, are you a Justin Fields fan? No, I don't know if I am. There but I don't know if I'm – I don't even know who quarterbacks at Atlanta. Merrick, uh, Marcus Mariota. 
I like him. Okay, so there you go. That's the answer. Uh, next up, Browns and Bills. Buffalo, 6-3. and three. Browns, 3-6. Three and six. This one's moved to uh, Detroit and Ford Field because of the blizzard that's going to be happening uh, out in the Buffalo, New York area. So they'll play indoors, Bills and Browns. Buffalo, 7.5-point favorites, Lane. Uh, that would be fun to see uh, Bills, Browns in uh, Buffalo. Five foot seven, Devin Singletary running in six feet snow. That'll be amazing. But uh, give me the Bills in this one. Neutral site, give me the Bills. All right, Lane says Buffalo. What about you, Jim? I agree with Lane. All right, you both go with the Buffalo Bills. Let's mm-hmm. keep moving along. Eagles and Colts are next. Eagles eight and one, four and zero oh, uh, on the road. Colts. Four, five, and one, two and two at home, coming off that big win yesterday for brand new interim head coach Jeff Saturday. It's at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Philly coming off that loss to Washington, seven point favorites. Jim, oh, I'm going to take Indianapolis. I think they're going to be the cra- the crowd's going to be going crazy, and uh, I just really think they're going to do it because they're at home. So I, I, Philadelphia, they might have. I think people have figured them out. All right, what about you, Lane? No, I'm agree with you on this one. Give me Indianapolis. Matt Ryan, he came back last week. A massive run. Uh, I like Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to take the Colts in this one. All right, good job. You guys are three out of four picking the same game so far. The only one you've differed on is the Bears and Falcons. That takes us to another 11 o'clock game. Jets and Patriots from Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Jets, perfect on the road. 4-0, 6-3 overall. Patriots, 2-2 two two at home. 5-4 overall. Uh, New England, three-and-a-half-point favorites lane. Uh, Jets are going to get killed in this one. Give me the Patriots. Uh, I don't think I've ever picked the Jets in this show, Steve, so give me the Patriots. Keep the tradition alive is what I say. Of course, yeah. I like that. Got to keep it original. All right. What about you, Jim? I'm New England all the way. All right. You know, and if if I beat Lane, the only thing I was promised is that Grandpa Jerry buys me lunch at the Great American. That's it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's good. Matter of fact, normally we give out the prizes, but the fact that Jerry's going to take care of you if you win really <laughs> helps us out this week. So thank you, Jerry, and River Oaks Properties. We appreciate that. That's good news. Uh, Great American, by the way, is a good choice. What's your, uh, what's your go-to over there? What do you like? Uh, if I'm being a good boy, I'll, I'll take the salad. salad? But, I, but, I, but I have them cut up uh, the avocados. Yeah, and chunks and throw it nice. in there too. You do the Caesar Cajun uh, Cajun style chicken breast, delicious. Yeah, all right. I good. used to live in Lafayette, Louisiana. I my, wife, my wife became a Cajun while I was there. Bottom of the hour as we continue here, uh, as our picks continue. Let's go Rams Saints next. Uh, the Rams are three and six, one and two on the road. Saints three and seven, two and four at home. It's at uh, Caesar Superdome in New Orleans, and New England, uh, New Orleans, a three point favorite, Jim. Yeah, with Krupp gone. I don't know who, who we're going to throw to. So as bad as New Orleans is, I, you know, I was going to flip a coin, but then when I really realized that Krupp's out, I, I got to go with New Orleans. All right, no Cooper Cup, no problem. He says New Orleans will win the game. What about you, Lane? You know, I'd close on the lock of the century, but I think the lock of the lifetime is this weekend in college football, LSU minus 14 versus UAB. I don't that's crazy. Give me the Rams in this one. Lock of a lifetime plus three. Why is the Rams over New Orleans on the road a lock of a lifetime? Because the Rams are so talented on defense, and the Saints just lost to Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's first career win. Yeah, give me the Rams in this one. All right, next up, Lions and Giants. Lions, three and six, one and three on the road. Giants, seven and two, four and one at home. It's at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Giants are... Three-point favorites, Lane. Why are the Giants only three-point favorites in this one? Because every game is one possession, and they trail in about every game. The only one they didn't trail in was uh, last Sunday against the Texans. They keep it rolling. My Giants win over the Lions. All right, Lane says New York. What about you, Jim? 
I, I got them marked. I like the Giants. I'd like them at home, and if it snows, it's even better. Okay, that keeps us now up to the next one, and that's going to be the Ravens hosting the Panthers. Six and three is Baltimore. They're two and two at home. Panthers are three and seven, zero oh and four on the road at M and T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Ravens thirteen point favorites, Jim. I'm taking Carolina because these are two piss ants of quarterbacks. I think this is just a piss ant contest, and I'm taking Carolina and the 12 and a half. Why is Lamar Jackson a piss ant quarterback? Explain this one to me. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to hear I'm this from it. you. Well, because what if he doesn't find his first and second receiver, he starts running. What's wrong with that? He's well, got 635 yards on the ground so far this year. He's, he's electric, Jim. Jim, yes. you're not a fan of... And you're wearing Ravens colors tonight. You showed up in a purple um, sweater. Could still win MVP. He could, yes. I mean, oh, man. No, I want to see... I didn't All say right. they were not going to win. I just said... You're picking the Panthers, though, Jim. Well, I mean, look, right. at, well, but look how much passing... You were looking at, at, at ooh, Baltimore's ooh, passing ooh. in the last game. Uh, Lane, yeah. we got this is a hot take from Jim <sighs> Paul. Jim, this, 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 is a, That's a fire this, take. This is a fire. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I hope, you know, me, I hope, <laughs> I hope Lamar's not listening to the show let, on this. Let Go me ahead. give that a hot take right here. Lamar jumpstarts his MVP campaign right now. Thank give you, me Lamar man. and the Ravens. He's amazing. Lamar's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Talented. He's got the arm. He's got the legs. Give me the Ravens. And it's Baker Mayfield starting for the Panthers. He no just gave you it. a gift. I know. He gave you. He gave you. A, he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. want that. He doesn't a lot want of people that thought lunch. the Colts game was a gift, but uh, the, yeah. I was going to take the Colts in that one too. All right, Texans and Commanders are next. Uh, Lane Washington is five and five, three and two on the road. The Texans are one seven and one, oh three and one at home. It's at NRG Stadium in Houston. Washington coming off the big win over Philly, a field goal favorite. Uh, Heineke is him. You might not get that joke, but uh, give me Taylor Heineke and the Commanders over uh, over the Texans. We got it back here. There yes, go. that is that was that was good. I liked it. Uh, what about you, Jim? I'm taking Washington. All right, there it is. The, the uh, Texans continue to lose. Now to the two o'clock games. Let's do that. Thirty three past the hour as we continue. The Raiders have had a miserable season. They're two and seven this year. Zero and five on the road. The Broncos have also been disappointing. Three and six, two and two at home. It's at a mile high in Denver, and yet uh, the fact that the Broncos are only two and a half point favorites, Jim, speaks volumes of their season. Who are we taking here? Raiders or Broncos? No, uh, both my boys live in Denver, and I'm taking them just because. I, no, I really think that, that all the stuff that's gone on in Vegas and then that interview mm. that they had with the, the, the quarterback after the game, yeah. God, that's a lot of whining, you know, and you can't whine a lot and win in NFL. I agree with you. All right, so Jim's taking the Broncos for family and whining purposes. What about <laughs> you, Lane? Uh, you know, uh, Nathaniel Hackett said one of us got to win this game. I mean, that's one of the most boneheaded coaches we've ever seen in the NFL. <laughs> Same with Josh McDaniels. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna take the Raiders in this one over the Broncos. Yeah, but for Derek you, Carr, it's, it's almost like flip a coin. Yeah, Derek Derek Carr uh, has some motivation right now. Give me the Give me the Raiders. All right, now we got two of the two twenty five games before we get to the uh, late game Sunday night and the Monday night game. Vikings and Cowboys. Here we go from Minneapolis and U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings are eight and one, perfect four and zero at home. The Cowboys are six and three, two and two on the road. Dallas, one and a half point road favorites. Lane, who are we taking? Cowboys have been figured out. Give me the Vikings in a blowout over the Cowboys. In a blowout after in a yesterday's blowout. over the Cowgirls after in a last week's loss. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Lane says, give them the Vikings. The uh, Cowboys is up. What about you, Jim? I I don't particularly care for the Cowgirls. I like what Lane calls them, but I think Minnesota is is a, is the real deal. And uh, I also remember that this game when the Cowboys. 
their in the history from the yes. franchise beginning, when they are fourteen point when they're ahead by fourteen points in the fourth quarter, they have won one hundred and ninety seven games. You know how many they lost? How many? Zero. Till this bonehead gets up there in his old stomping grounds and he loses. So they're one hundred and ninety seven. And one. Oh, Mike McCarthy cost them the greatest streak in football history. That's unbelievable. 197 since the franchise began. When they're 14 points ahead, they win. Just for that, they deserve to lose this week, right? I was lame. All right, I got I'm you. Lame. I like that. There this you is, go. This, is, this, this, this show's got some, uh, some spice to it this week. It's good. Bengals and Steelers up next. That's our second late game from Akershire Stadium in Pittsburgh. The Steelers are 3-6, and 2-2 two and two at home. The Bengals are 5-4, 2-3 <laughs> on the road. Cincinnati, three-and-a-half-point road favorites. Jim, lead us off. My favorite team, Cincinnati Bungles. But I'm going to take them and, uh, and, and give up the four-and-a-half because they owe Pittsburgh a whipping. And I think they're coming into their own. They were in the Super Bowl. Yep. All right. That's I never knew that was your favorite team. Huh. Yeah. yeah. For 40 years. Really? Go yeah. back to the uh, Kenny Anderson days? When Ken yeah. Harris was like in the uh, late late 70s, early 80s? Yeah. And when Chris George, Collinsworth? Yes. And George Hallis moved ah. to Cincinnati. All right. And I, I was a Hallis fan. So nice. I was, you know, and I was at Kent State at the time they did that. So I, got I you. followed them. Good for you. I like that. Uh, did you and Bob Stoll go to Kent State together? Yes, that was our first paying job. He was a he had come from a graduate assistant at K State. Yeah, uh, and he became the offensive line coach for Don James. Right. And my first job out of sports information from UTEP was at Kent State. It That's paid, wild. I got seventy eight hundred dollars a year, Jerry. That is a good. That's an amazing story. You know who our strong safety was? Uh, Jack Lambert. No, that was our yeah, tight end, yes. our defensive end, Nick Saban. You got? How did you know Nick that? Saban? That's good. Nick Saban went to Kent State. Yeah. Wait a minute. So you he had was, so was yep. So so it was it was a loaded team, by the way. Saban. Who else did? But when Stoll was here, and he was talking about all those players. It was like seriously one of the yeah. most stacked teams. It was like the who's who of like college coaches right now. So Saban, Lambert, they're all on the same team. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and Gary Pinkle, the tight end, was yep. our tight end, and he went out and coached Missouri for about five years until he got uh, nice. Lou Gary's disease. Oh, Lane, who are we taking? Bengals or Steelers? I agree with you with the Bengals. You said they're coming into their own. They owe uh, Steelers uh, whooping after that week one game. Give them the Bengals this one. Chiefs and Chargers is next up. Chargers are 5-4, and 2-2 two and two at home. The Chiefs are 7-2, and 3-1 and one on the road. It's at SoFi. Chargers are uh, five-point underdogs at home in this one, Lane. Chargers really disappoint me with everything uh, this year. Brand Staley really hasn't built up that defense. They've had injuries. Justin Herbert really hasn't played his best this year. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one over the Chargers. What about you, Jim? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Chiefs had some tough games, but they proved they could win. And the Chargers, are they've got a lot of injuries, and they're, they're falling apart right now. Final game. This is a tough one. Monday night, 49ers and Cards from Estadio Azteca in Mexico, Mexico City. City. Cards are 4-6. and six, 49ers are 5-4. and four. The Niners... Eight-point favorites uh, in this one. Jim, lead us off for our final game. Uh, yo, 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 no say. I'm yeah. taking San Francisco and and give up the, and give up the points. Even if the, even though they're playing in Mexico, I don't think that's going to make any difference. All right. What about you, Lane? You know, uh, I, I, should, I really shouldn't do this because I love the 49ers. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. Then take them. But two words. Hard knocks. That's why I'm taking the Cardinals. Colts came to their own, and when they came on hard knocks last year, Cardinals just makes it, it makes it easier for, to root for them when they're on hard knocks. Give me the Cardinals. So you both disagree on one, two, three, four, uh, five, five games this week. Five games that you disagree with. That means that, means that uh, we're definitely going to have a winner and a loser, so that is exciting. What do I win? What is, what is that? 
besides the dinner with his grandfather, where do I win? I mean, I went for lunch to dinner. We'll put a nice prize package together for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I don't want any bumper stickers. All right. Well, we no bumper stickers. What are we going to do? Yeah, do we still you have like axe? golf? Do you like yeah. axe throwing? Yeah. You want to you throw some? Yeah, yeah. What was the last time you went axe throwing? Uh, I, the last time my wife got mad at me. Oh, I God. Was, I was thrown at. Yeah, be careful with that story. That 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 gets that gets dicey in a hurry. I like that. Now we'll take good care of you, Jim. I appreciate that. And, I'm happy to uh, be here. Any final words for Lane before we get a chance to wrap this segment up? Yeah, if uh, if your if your grandpa wants to take too big of a percent of the managing and consulting <laughs> fees, call me, will you? Of course, of course. You're, we'll you're make sure. You're on your way. We're gonna. You're worried about watching you on Monday Night Football when you're about 21. There you go. That's right. Uh, Lane, any thoughts on your uh, seasoned opponent this week, uh, Jim Paul? Yeah, I think you're probably the most prepared of any of the guests we've had. It was amazing. The stories you had were amazing. Yeah, perfect guest, Steve. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, meanwhile, don't forget, download Schoolyard Sports. Yep. This is episode number 100. It's a milestone for you. Amazing. Congratulations. I hope you have at least another 100 more. Yep, for sure. 100 more, another 100, another 100. Fantastic. Follow Lane on Twitter at Schoolyard Sport on Twitter. That is at Schoolyard Sport. You'll get links to all the podcasts, listen to them on demand, and enjoy yourself and have a great time. Listen, good to see you. We'll talk to you again next week before the holidays. Of course. Amazing, Steve. Thank you. You got it. There he is, Lane Frank, Jim Paul. We'll come back. Final countdown next as Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.